Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. At Chemist Warehouse this Christmas, find Jimmy Choo Man 30 mil for just $34.99. This is Baz and Izzy for breakfast on ECNZ. Good morning, you're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast on ECNZ. It's Monday the 13th of December. Apologies for my voice. I lost it, I was screaming at my Christmas party, so forgive me. I'll get through today with the good team up there in Auckland. They're going to help me out throughout the morning. How yeah, good. We've got a good show for you. Good show lined up. We've got Colin Munro, who was on fire on Saturday as he scorched his way, finishing 114, not out of 73 in an innings that had it all. Colin will join us on the show at the 7 a.m. mark. So looking forward to chatting to Colin. And well, we spoke about it earlier in the year. Maybe has he done enough to get back into that Black Caps team? Something up the top there, a bit of aggressive aggressive nature. Some little uncompromising. No scared, not scared of letting it all out there, and that's what Colin Munro does. So we're going to have a chat to him just after 7 o'clock, and then the big weekend of sport that keeps on giving. Horse racing at Tarapa. Didn't disappoint, and it was Cambridge trainers. Roger James and Robert Wellwood that had a day to remember. Concert Hall winning the Group 2. Cheaper than divorce, just beating Starry Bill in the Group 3. But it was too illicit, winning a Captain Cook Stakes for her first Group 1. And Robert Wellwood will join us about 7.40 a.m. Can't wait to chat to him. He had a great weekend, him and the team. Uh, they got paid for sure. Uh, and then it was a year for the ages and the final race. And the F1 didn't disappoint. Two drivers on the same points, oh, dueling it out. Right to the last lap that had its own bit of controversy. Chris Midland joined the show last week and is back this morning to break it all down and fill us in on the latest as Mercedes have filed a protest. So Max Verstappen won his first F1 championship. So congratulations to Max and the team at Red Bull. Um, it was, yeah, he only won by two, two and a half seconds, I think, in the last lap. So she was pretty, pretty close right to the end. Both drivers dueling it out all year. But Max getting his first F1 championship. So looking forward to chatting to Chris Medlin about that. He's over in Abu Dhabi as well. So he's right there amongst the action. 
And then our news this Monday morning health check. Maybe I need one of those with the one and only Sir John Kerwin. He is someone that has been open about his own mental health struggles. And, well, with a year that has been so difficult, maybe he'll be able to help someone out there that is struggling a wee bit. So looking forward to chatting to Sir JK. He's an absolute champ. I spoke to him yesterday, and he's right up and about for this. Like always, I'd love to hear from you at home or wherever you are heading to work. It is our final week of the radio, on the radio airways, so we'll bring you a great, fun-filled, insightful week, and we'll get some good guests going. And well, today's a great start to the week. Hope you enjoy the show. Give us a text on double eight double three, or call us anytime on the Kenal Tire phone line oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. I'm going to say good day to the team in Auckland, Trudy, Louie, Joe, and Kez. I hope you've had a great weekend. Good to see you back, team. Let's rip into this week. And then, well, Skipper Baz up there in Matamata, looking sharp as always. He's ready to rip in. Morena, my brother. Morena, my brother. Morena. Yep. The old Christmas party, eh? <laughs> For a little bit of context. A, bit of a, cold, a little bro. bit of context. You <laughs> weren't meant to even be on this week. Your holidays were meant to start Friday afternoon. So the fact you've just mm. got up and gone again is testament to your character, is your ability yeah. to just push just, through, you know, drop the shoulder and carry on. That's the sort of strength of character that you are, my <laughs> friend. And we all love you for it. So good on you. It sounds like Ew. a good weekend. <laughs> it was a great weekend. Great weekend, Skip. It was uh, one of the goods uh, and my favorite weekend of the year, just celebrating with all your cr- close friends and loved ones and uh yeah, it was cool. It was a good weekend. But yeah, you're right. I was meant to stop on Friday. But then I thought, look, we started this journey together. Why not let's finish it together? You're on to the 17th. So I just said, look, I'll stay on for another week. And uh, we'll, we'll finish it this Friday as a team in Auckland. And uh, we'll finish the week uh, off well. But mate, yep, that was a good weekend. Um, Friday, I got an absolute hiding from Will Jordan at the golf course. And I told you on the air, and I, I promised you... That I was going to go out and school him, but he was right. I can't putt. I just can't putt, mate. I was horrible, to say the least. It was it was disastrous. And I rang you afterwards, and you were laughing at me, and yeah, I was gutted. But funny story, funny you. story. <laughs> oh, funniest thing. This ain't really funny. It could have ended really badly. But um, we're on hole sixteen, and and George Bridge. He's just starting his golf journey. He's just starting his week off journey. Anyway, if you ever play Pegasus, hole 15 is a split fairway and you can actually drive the green. But anyway, and then you go to hole 16, you'd go to tee off. So we're teeing off on this um, tee off block. There's people on hole 15, they're, they're just having a wee putt. Anyway, George Bridge stands up, looks it down there, and I'm like, mate, he's aiming at their green. But he doesn't know, you know, his setup's way left, so I don't tell him. Oh, God, he must be he must be trying to allow for a thirty meter fade. Here we go. We'll watch this one. He hits this driver and it goes about a meter and a half off the ground. A flat tracer bullet straight for this hole fifteen green. And it's two seconds later, it's just gone straight for this guy. And I'm like, oh my god, oh my god, and it just went whack straight into this guy. And this guy's seven year old old fellow, he's he's on the green, mate, and just hits him straight in the back. But luckily it wasn't like a meter high, otherwise it would have hit him like maybe close to the to the head, but it hit him right on the on the left butt cheek. So <laughs> it's hit him right on the bum. A smack bang, straight in the back. And this guy's just 
dropped or nays hadn't dropped he's like ran off and had a little like ooh, 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 ooh. <laughs> and i just started going well that's so cool we went over for jesus put his head down he's like oh my god oh my god oh my god he's panicking we're walking over and i'm embarrassed i'm like putting my hoodie up trying to cover my head we go over there and the guy's like he's all up and about he goes nah mate you hit me on my fat spot it's all good but this guy <laughs> it was it was the most scariest moment i've ever had in my life in a golf course he just smacked him at about 200 clicks i reckon um, Mate, what a so champion yeah, that, that was, fella is, though, because people can really arc up in that situation. Eh? Like, you know, he's yeah. not meaning to hit him, is he? But some nah. people on the golf course get a little bit weird too. Like they, it's like they, they become these. Nah, he's a nice guy. Uh, he's a, he's a nice guy. We um, yeah, we bought him a beer. We went and bought him a beer, and he just said, "Oh, just just sign me a glove. Give me a sign." He's an American guy, Bill, out of Peggy. He's he's a champion. If yeah, so when I seen it hit him, I was like, "If there's anyone you want to." Well, you don't want to hit anyway. You want to hit Bill. <laughs> so, well, that's so that was Friday golf, Baz. Mm. Yeah, we need to talk well, somewhere. I played golf Friday too. But mine was nothing as adventurous as what yours was. But it was a nice round as well. And then we had a few beers actually and had some mates over on uh, Friday night. Kids swimming in the pool and and uh, just yeah, had a barbecue and all that. It was pretty good. And then... And then I had the races that day, mate. So I went over to Tarapa, and I was lucky enough we got the invite after my pleading for some corporate hospitality on here on Friday. Luckily, the, the gods answered, and I got a phone call from Brent and Cherry Taylor, who uh, own Trelawney Stud, and they said, come and join us on our table. And I was like, oh, that's very kind of you. Thank you. Well, guess what? On that table was also Joan and Peter Egan. So between... Between Brent and Cherry Taylor and Joan and Peter Egan, they pretty much won all the big races on the card. So, mate, by the end of the day, you couldn't actually see over the table. There was that many trophies sitting there. It was a great day. We had a ripping day, listen, I, and um, our horse, Tabata, she she ran all right, actually. She finished back in the field, but, you know, uh, didn't really, things didn't really pan out how we anticipated they would mm. in the run. But she was still game, and she's now crying out for 2,000 metres. But... That aside, you know, we had a ripping day and, and it was great to be able to be there with um with those guys to be able to share in what was a quite remarkable day to win a group one and a group three to go along with some of the other success that they've had was uh, was quite remarkable and, and Joni Egan won the uh, won the group two as well. So the table scooped a lot, mate. It was pretty uh, it was pretty awesome actually. So and then yesterday I had um had Maya's dance. She's been doing this dance thing for the last year, and I didn't really know what it was. You know, you just drive in, drop them off. Our lady can mm. pick them up. So if they're in their leotards, all that sort of stuff. I never really knew what they were doing. And then yesterday was the um, was the show, and it was actually yeah. outstanding. It went for an hour and a half, and there's, you know, the the um, guys and girls from various age brackets, from you know, sort of six years of age all the way through to the teachers were performing and. It was magnificent, mate, and and now May is real pumped. She did the uh, lyrical and the uh, classical. I don't know. She did more of the slow ones, but now she's going to do the hip hop stuff next year. So that was pretty, pretty cool. Um, oh, Riley crashed his car on Friday too. Forgot about that. Um, oh, while I was at the pub, he was at the pub with me. He wasn't drinking, um, but he was. Uh, he he. I said, "Come in, mate. Come in." It was. Um, we know we're having a beer to celebrate some stuff, so he came in, and then I was like, mate, just sit down, just relax, it'll be okay, no hurry to get home. Nah, had to get home. So anyway, 
So he backed out, and then about two minutes later, he comes in. Uh, Dad, I've just backed into some lady. I'm like, ah. <laughs> but thankfully, there was no, like, significant damage. There's a little bit of, you know, a little bit of panel beating, which you'll need done. And how expensive is the um, is the insurance premiums on 17-year-old kids? Ugh. Oh, what was that? No wonder Joe rides a bicycle. Um, oh, I don't know. It's like, it's right up there. It's sort of, it's in the, it's like a thousand dollars or something. So I'm like, mate, we're going to have to have a conversation here. But he was, luckily he was, uh, he was all okay. And the lady was fantastic as well. Yeah. So I've got to get that sorted this week. But you're quite an eventful one for us too, mate. Not quite as, you know, we weren't dressed up as Santa or anything, but, um, <laughs> yeah, a good old weekend. I did see on, on, um, Daisy's Instagram as well. That uh, that you had some, you had a, a full Santa kit on, and you're dressed up. Mm. You look very sharp, mm. Santa dag. Eh? Is yeah, he cause? Santa. Old Santa, old, old Santa. So I was doing all the secret Santas. We had secret Santa, and everything got pretty, um, pretty funny. Everyone's all laughing away, and we had a good night, bears. We had a great night. But I have to talk about uh, yesterday as well, mate, because you just you reminded me. Um, yesterday was our seventh <laughs> anniversary for our wedding. And it wasn't until 10 o'clock when my mate messaged me and I just Congratulations, remembered. Brother. Thank you, thank you. So, uh, yeah, love you, my wife. Love you. Um, hope you, uh, well, we had a horrible day, actually. We were up and we are lazy ears. But um, I got a KFC for dinner, so she was happy. She was happy with KFC on the way home. But it made me remember, mate, I had Tilly's. I had Tilly's Ballet yesterday as well, mate. That's Tilly, right. Tilly, every, every Tuesday she goes to Ballet and she does this. We're not allowed to watch. Well, fair enough, you know, because they want to surprise us. Anyway, the, the the show was yesterday, so they have two shows. And we turned up. And uh, the first show, Daisy goes to the first morning show. And we turn up, um, she goes, and then she sends me a message. She goes, oh, my God, she just stood there crying and panicked. Cause, and I was like, well, what's wrong with her? Anyway, I went to the afternoon show, and I got an understanding of why she did, mate. There's 150 people in this auditorium, and these little three-year-olds come out, and all the lights go on, and there's all these faces staring at her. And I'm just in Danny, I'm like, oh, I'm feeling so good. But then as soon as Tilly walked out and her little leotards and she looks so beautiful. Oh, I got a, I actually did get a tear, but uh, like she was, she saw dad and, and she started smiling and, and I was like, you know, trying to give her confidence. So I stand up, I'm like clapping and going, you know, giving her a thumbs up. And then she just bang, smashes it out of the park, bro. And I'm still That's awesome. Oh. Is this what it feels like? And I started actually getting a bit like, Ooh, I don't know if it was Saturday night coming out of me or just, you know, just seeing my daughter. Just, you know, it was it was pretty cool, man. And um, I think I think it just really brings it home what it what it's you know like to, uh, what it's like to be a parent. Like you've been a dad and for for a while now. You've seen your kids grow up into young teenagers, so you've seen them perform. But that was my first time seeing my daughter perform and. Or just seeing one of my kids perform and, and just getting that real proud moment, eh? And it was, um, yeah, topped off a, a really cool weekend. Capture that moment in your head. Capture it there and leave it yeah. somewhere because you will need it <laughs> at some point. <laughs> and you'll go, the little buddy dart, you know? <laughs> yeah. And then you just remember back to that day that she, you know, that innocence dressed up and sort of that, that, that shyness, yeah. Just bottle that up at some point because I was needing that on Friday yeah, when Riley crashed the car too. I was like, I remember when he was, you know. Just think back, be calm, be calm. 
<laughs> yeah. That's parenting, right? Oh, it's all ahead of us, brother. It's all ahead of us. That sure is. What else is ahead of us as well, mate? We've got plenty going on today. Um, we'll, I'm sure we'll go back to uh, to our weekends at some point and let us know what you guys got up to over the weekend. Not too crude, please. It's a Monday morning. Double eight, double three. Let us know how your weekend was, what you got up to. Maybe what sport you watched as well throughout the weekend because it was a bumper weekend for sport. Crikey, there's a whole lot on. Formula One, fresh in our minds as well. That protest is still going on. We're going to have Chris Medlin on later on who's going to talk us through all the intricacies of how that Formula One um, finale, you'll call it, played out with the last lap on the last race of the season and Max Verstappen getting the job done over Lewis Hamilton. But we'll, with not, well, not without controversy. So Chris Medlin will give us an update on that later on. We've got Robert Wellwood to dissect how good the success of Roger James... Robert Wellwood and all their success in the weekend, winning a Group 1, a Group 2, and a Group 3, sweeping the card. Colin Munro, looking forward to playing that interview for you as well, because he is the forgotten man of New Zealand cricket, but with the T20 World Cup not too far away in the exact conditions where he is excelling right at this point in time, he could be an X-factor player that New Zealand cannot do without. And then later on, Sir John Kerwin. We've got plenty to talk about, some racing up in Hong Kong that we can chat to. Some local cricket. There's a whole lot going on. We'll talk Ashes as well. And I think it's going to be a little bit of Ashes that we're going to get on to next. So there's been a couple of injuries in the Australian camp and a little bit of negative feedback for the uh, the English side too. So we'll get on to that very, very soon. But you are listening to Baz Nizzy for breakfast. It's a big thanks to the Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. 6.24 in the morning here on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. SCNZ, give us a call anytime on the Kennards High phone line 0800 Let us know what you got up to in the weekend, what sport you watched. Maybe you tuned into SCNZ and you heard Mark Watson's revival back on the airwaves as well. He had a big show yesterday here for us on SCNZ with plenty of guests as well. So good to see Mark Watson back on the airwaves and another cog in the wheel of SCNZ. Gee, we're stacking up. We're stacking up some talent, aren't we? Jeepers, we're lucky. Across all of our frequent, uh, across all our frequencies throughout New Zealand, we are very lucky. Right, let's get talking some Ashes, eh? Is the Ashes, well, I was sort of, after that, a little bit of a fight back from from uh, from Joe Root and um, uh, who else was it? It was, um, oh, crikey. Oh, it, it, it evades me. Um, anyway, they they were, they were fighting Milan. back, and then but Milan, thank you. Crikey, Arwood Milan, how did I forget that? Um, it has been a big weekend. They uh, they looked like they were going to threaten to actually extend that test match and to maybe even look to put Australia in a, under a little bit of pressure and sort of had high hopes that they we might see a bit of rearguard action, particularly with Stokes and Butler to come in that batting lineup. But crikey, they just they fell to bits, and in the end it was just a a really one-sided test match looking back. And I think England had opportunities. They had their chances, but they just weren't really strong enough, mate. When when the pressure came on and Australia started to flex, England just went missing. And, mate, it's, I think that's now their seventh test loss in the last in the calendar year, which is just remarkable. I think it's the their worst ever um, has been eight, and it's been some time since that ever was achieved. And, and the worst ever in the history of, of Test cricket is nine by Bangladesh. So it's, it's been a pretty dire uh, Test match year for England, and there's only really one player who's 
scoring any runs for them, and that's the skipper Joe Root. And outside of him, like I think they were averaging roughly around the early to mid twenties. A lot of those players. So Graham Swan, well, maybe he was right the other day when he said we are terrible. <laughs> we're a joke, he said. He might not be too far wrong, but did you manage to watch any of the Ashes, mate? I saw some highlights uh, during, I was watching a wee bit in the clubhouse at uh, cricket on Friday, and then I've seen wee bits over the weekend, but I want to ask you, Baz, like, apart from Joe Root and even Darwood Milan putting up a bit of fight, there wasn't really any fight in there, eh? Like, you never ever got the thought that someone's going to come out here and put Australia under pressure, and I look at the top order, I look at Rory Burns, Hasid, Hamid, you know, like, haven't really been proven. You spoke about that last week with a Swanee. Like, is it, but without, you know, those two are there at the moment, is there anyone else in England's squad that could come in and put Australia under pressure or are these the only ones? So if, if England are going to have any chance, is this their team that's going to, you know, get them back into this game? Or is there someone in the squad that can come in and put up a bit of fight or a bit more fight than they were able to show apart from Joe Root? It's a, it's a really good question, mate, because, uh, and I guess this is what um, Kevin Peterson has been tweeting about, and it's what Graham Swan mm. alluded to the other day, is that their first-class system, it doesn't actually prepare cricketers now for international cricket because they play on these mm. these slow, sort of nibbly kind of seamers where guys who bowl about 120 kilometres an hour and just present the seam are able to be highly effective. The Colin Munro... Uh, Colin the ground home type of bowlers and, and it makes batting very difficult and players aren't actually preparing to be able to then succeed in international cricket for a long time in English county cricket if you would if you succeeded domestically you would succeed internationally but now it doesn't seem like that's the case there, there is one thing I think Joe Rui is a wonderful guy I think he's an outstanding cricketer mm. and they talk about him as a as a very good leader I, I haven't really seen it mate like to me leadership mm. is about it's not just about being able to make the right calls at the right time tactically as a as a skipper, which I think he is not necessarily, um, he's completely, uh, he, he's not, to me, uh, up there as one of the best in the world at it. Um, I think he, he allows games to drift at times, and when they had Australia on the ropes the other day, he allowed the game to drift. Um, and then they were able, and you give Australia any chance of being able to fight their way back, they will. But then what's of more concern, mate, and to take it back to your batting point, is that leadership is not just about being the best player in the team. Leadership is about inspiring those around you to achieve higher mm. success than they would otherwise achieve. Now, the fact that no one else in that batting lineup has been able to progress and achieve under Joe Root's captaincy, to me, is a real cause for concern. Now there is such a stark contrast between the skipper, who sits so far above mm. everyone else, and everyone else in the team. And what that can do it can actually create a negative effect on the rest of the guys. I just wonder whether at the end of this Ashes, and remember Joe Reach said at the start that this series will define his captaincy career. I just wonder whether if someone else was in charge of that team, Joe Root was going to bank the runs that he's going to bank, they might be able to start to inspire some of those other guys around him. Sometimes not always the best players make the best leaders. Mm. And at the moment, there's some some sort of disconnect there amongst um, their batting group. But they've been exposed. They'll get a little bit of respite, mate, because Josh Hazelwood is out with the side strain. And to me, he is just a truly wonderful bowler. So who comes in? Those conditions. Jai. Jai well, Richardson. Jai Richardson. Yep. 
yeah, Richardson comes in. There was a bit of talk around Michael Nessa, um, but they're going to go for Jai Richardson. Uh, he, now, he's yep. raw pace, um, but he doesn't do what uh, what Hazelwood does, which is present the ball from a very uh, tall height, uh, high release, and he gets the ball in that niggly area where you don't know whether to come forward or go back, and he nips it both ways and can swing it both ways as well at reasonable pace. Richardson's quicker, but he's skittier, and he won't be quite as difficult as what Josh Hazelwood is. So they'll get a little bit of respite there, but they've got a lot of soul-searching to do, and I agree with you. They've got to find a way to put some pressure back on Australia, mm. and you can't wait for bad balls. Try and put some pressure on them. If you do that, then Australia becomes more susceptible. You give Australia any sort of submissive stance, whew, they'll run over the top of you. All right, we've got plenty more to mm. come here. Give us a, a text as well. Double eight, double three. Let us know your Ashes thoughts. Only one test down. Still plenty more to go. Can England find a way back? Can they get enough runs out of their out of their batters? Their bowlers did a reasonable job, but can they get enough runs out of their batters? Let us know. Or give us a call on the Kennard Tire phone line. Oh eight hundred one five oh eight eleven. We are going to be back very soon. We've got our love racing update from Louis Herman Watt, who is back with us as well. Welcome back, Louis. It is a good time for us now to shoot off. We will be back soon. It's time for Trudy with the News for Kubota. Together we are shaping and building New Zealand. Baz, it is here for breakfast. 27 minutes away from 7 o'clock into our last week with the legends on air, Baz and Izzy, before they shoot off for their summer break. We'll still be here, though. SCNZ, stay with us through the summer. Lads, huge weekend, as you pointed out. Great to hear the stories about the Fano. Lots of leotard chat. You hit the over and the over-under of nothing and how many times you'd say leotard on a Monday morning. So there you go. That's very impressive stuff. And good to have you here, Izzy. Raspy voice and all. Love racing.nz. It was a huge weekend of racing, boys. And this is how I know I'm a racing fan. I won exactly minus a sickening amount of money in the weekend, and I still loved every minute of it because I'm sick for it. I just love it. There was just some fantastic racing. It was hard punting, I thought, but that means it was good punting for somebody. The fields were even. The prices were all good. If you go look at the winners, you can make a case as to why they won. It makes sense, and that's what it is about the punt. It's tough to work out. It's not easy. It's hard. I'll get back to Tarapa. Just want to give a bit of a shout-out to last night. Um, there was some fantastic racing that goes on up at Hong Kong at this time of year. It's their kind of uh, it's international week. It is the headline event up in the Hong Kong. And Golden 60, a horse bred and you sold in New Zealand, went back to back to back to back 16 times last night. And it went back to back in the Hong Kong mile, the group one up there. This horse is a proper marvel. You know, you don't say Winks and Maccabi Diva and these sorts of names just about any other horse. But Golden 60 is doing it time after time after time against the best horses in Asia. Uh, congratulations to all connections there. What an incredible win. There was a scary fall in the sprint. And we're just, I haven't quite got up the complete up-to-date details of how the jockeys are, but fingers crossed. I know a couple of horses unfortunately perished, and um, I'm hoping that the jockeys are all okay. So that was Hong Kong last week. Now, lads, Tarapa, do you remember, I've got a, I've really got something. I'm going to put the ball back in your court here. You know how we tipped three horses each and we'd said, you know, who was, you know, who won or lost was going to pay for the lunch? Remember how we did that? Mm. Yeah. Well, I've run the math, 
no one actually had a winner, but that doesn't mean that we all necessarily were losers. So just to make sure I've got this right, the horses we had were, I had Brando, I had Slave to Love, and I had Harlick. Baz, you had Dragon Leap. My tired Dragon Leap, tra- Traveling Light. Yep. Traveling Light, Traveling Light. And Izzy, you had Aegon, Starry Bill, and Think Twice in the two-year-old? Wolverine. So it was Wolverine not Think Twice? Well, I said think twice, but then I actually put a multi on and I went Wolverine. <laughs> so what's the ruling here? Because yeah. this matters. This because this is this, this, yeah, what's, this what's, what's the ruling here, Bez? You you know I changed my mind well, on Friday. Hey? You did change it. But Louis was away that day, yeah. so he might not have realised it. But we he did change it, yeah. Okay. And there was it was we were a little uncertain whether that was acceptable at the time, but we let it through. Okay, so okay. Well, that that yeah. changes yeah. things completely. And I and look, and I've got I've got no issue here. I mean, I respect that you're allowed to make the race hadn't jumped yet. So Wolverine won. So what I've done because we didn't have a winner, I've gone back and I've looked at the placings and where the horses finished. All right, and I've added the totals up of all three, and I've run them next to each other. So the first, the person with the lowest total would obviously win, right? And that was me until the Wolverine situation. I was on 14. <laughs> of course it was, hence you brought it up. I was on 14. <laughs> Bears and Izzy were tied on 18. Now Izzy's on 13, I'm on 14, and Baz is on 18 stranded. So I want to I throw it out there, though. I want to throw it out there, okay? Yeah. I'm Hey, I'm more than happy buying. <laughs> I'll buy whatever you guys want, okay, for you. Because Thanks, as Kip. I said, what, Thanks, mine Kip. is yours, barring my wife. So... <laughs> However, what I want to put out there is that my picks were paying a lot more mm. than everyone else's picks, okay? So uh, if they had have come in, people would have got richer. Are you, do you want to run the math on that? Yep. Yep. <laughs> no, not that I'd ever argue <laughs> with you, Baz, but... <laughs> what did Travelling Light pay on the tote? Let's have a look. Let's go. Let's go and have a look. Travelling Light on the tote was $14. Harlick was $10. Aegon was... Four dollars. So, um, into the sh- uh, Mai Tai race. So look, Slave to Love eight dollars fifty. Mai Tai six dollars. Um, where do we need to go here? Mai Tai finished six dollars. Yeah, you got. Mate, I was think I was worried. Uh, Dragon Leap four dollars ninety. Brando Brando three dollars ninety. Um, Wolverine got punched in. How impressive was Wolverine? Is he? You must have just loved watching that. Mm. The way she quickened. That was. Well, Beautiful horse. Sorry, I'm I so happy I, I changed I my changed my. But Louie, I was gonna I've I've just gone through and I've had a look at the J J swap sprint and I said to Baz before, I said, mate, I really like packing Rockstar and it won and paid ten bucks I've just seen. I was like oh, I was gonna bring it up too. I was it had good form, man, and I was paying well, ten bucks. Well, I couldn't well. believe it. it won well. How good mm. was Leith riding? Actually, so Danielle Johnson deserves a shout out as well. She's won. She's got the clean sweep. She's got a, a group two, a group three, and a, the important group one. But Leith Innes back, and he's won four races. How cool mm. was it being on track, seeing Lethal in action, Baz just at his best? Mate, he just had his eye in beautifully, eh? and and he just gave him every chance. It was like he knew exactly how that track was playing, and mm. yeah, Danielle was brilliant too. But between the two of them, they just oh, they were a class above on Saturday, that's for sure. Opie was a little bit quiet, but Ope sort of goes through moments like that. But then when he'll have his day, he'll win pretty much all Every the races race. on the car. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> he's allowed a he's allowed a day off every now and then, right? Great. But can we go back to these? Um, can we go back to these numbers? Because the way I've run the numbers, <laughs> yeah. Fourteen plus six plus four dollars ninety is twenty four ninety. Yeah. Yours is ten plus eight dollars fifty plus three dollars ninety. So that's what's that twenty. It's not a massive gap, but you are right. You did have the longer odds, but I, I was quite interested by the way that the tote did close up. But congrats, moral of the story. Congratulations, Izzy. Well done, Izzy. Yes. Well, done, Izzy. well done, Izzy. Thanks, boys. Thanks, Nari Bill. Thank you. <laughs> we even got a we even got a text well, here. Morning, I, Bears and Izzy. Hey, Izzy. How good, Starry Bill? Very naughty odds for a place bet too. Ran second, you beauty. Naughty. <laughs> It was tough. It was a good run. Nah. No, Izzy, you're a good punter. I can't believe you've had his little spell. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, very good. Thank you very much, Louis. That was entertaining. Nice. Very Louis. entertaining. And what moral of the story, Baz is not a very good punter. So he should yeah. give up. And Iz, you keep punting. Okay? That's the moral <laughs> of the story. And Louis, you just you do you. You carry on doing your. I might follow you, mate. I need a spell. <laughs> <laughs> might check. Might We're check not the Prago, though. Uh, menu right now. <laughs> oh yeah, forgot Prago. Crikey, I better load the credit card up. Right, we got coming up next. We got a little bit of quizzy dag, so you can take on the Ismaster. He might steer you into one. He's in punting form. You can win yourself fifty dollars bonus bet with the TAB. Give us a call now. Oh eight hundred one five oh eight eleven. It's Quizzy Dag with Ashley and Martin. Regrow your hair. Search Ashley and Martin today. You know what time it is. It's Quizzy Dag. A quiz that keeps on giving like I skip a bass. Louis, Trudy, Kez and Joe not wants to brag. But good luck to our quizzies because this ain't in the bag. Oh, 0800-150. 811 now, give it a go. Oh, oh. Yes, 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 it's that time in the morning. If only my voice sounded like that. Tomorrow, it'll be back. It'll be back tomorrow morning. Hope you've had a great weekend. And if you're just tuning in, stay tuned. We've got a good show. Colin Monroe just after 7 o'clock coming up. And then Robert Wellwood, who got paid over the weekend at Tarapa. Looking forward to those chats later on in the morning but right now it's time for quizzy dag and we're going to go to john in christchurch morning john g'day mate how you doing i'm doing good john i'm doing good you feeling confident brother oh you know it's monday morning is so anything goes mate <laughs> yeah, tough quiz fella. too tough quiz i feel for you yeah here we go mate question crack. number one Max Verstappen won the F1 world title this morning in dramatic finish. Which country is he from? Italy. Mm. No, not Italy, John. Thanks very much, brother. I'm going to go to Tim. Good morning, Tim. We're done. Good, good to meet. Question number one. Max Verstappen won the F1 world title this morning in dramatic fashion. Which country is he from? Uh, Netherlands. Yep. Well done. <clears throat> Question number two. Which former world champion was knocked out in the first round by Kiwi UFC fighter Kai Kara France yesterday? Cody Garrett. Yes. 
What a fight, too. Well done to Kai Cutter France. That was so good. Here we go. Question number three. Who did Colin Munro score his maiden Big Bash century against on the weekend? Um, Five. Uh, four, is it? Three. Strikers. Oi. Nice. Nice. Question number four. In which sport would you win the Heisman Trophy? Uh, NFL, like American football. Three, two, yep. Well done. There he is. He's on fire. Question number five. In 1992, which Kiwi became the first person from the Southern Hemisphere to win a Winter Olympics medal? What? Yes. Outstanding, mate. Congratulations to me. Okay, Top off a great I had a heap of bonus bets after last week, and every single one of them was a disaster. Did you, did you have a week out at Tarapa? <laughs> no, no, I, I uh, was listening to the mail run and uh, I just couldn't back anything that they were talking about and I'm glad I didn't because nothing that they, that, uh, nothing that I was going to punch <laughs> on came in. <laughs> oh, no. yeah, I obviously didn't listen to Danielle Johnson or Lee Thinnis then because I didn't and I didn't get paid, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I was only listening to it here and there and I was just like, oh, I can't back anything, can't back anything. But I, I was back in Chelsea. I, I had three bets on the Chelsea game, and um, and yeah, like all three of them were a disaster. We're lucky to win. <laughs> Isn't that the beauty oh, of mate. hunting, though? You've reloaded. It's always this week. You've reloaded. Huh? Yep. yep. <laughs> Good work. Congratulations. Well done, bud. Good. Good stuff. Nice. I thought that would take a little longer, actually. Is but no. Yeah. Tim was he was up and about on a Monday morning and nailed the Annalise Coburg. Well done. Oh, that was Quizzy Dag. If you're not happy with your hair loss, make today your turning point and search Ashley and Martin online. As is said before, we've got plenty more coming up after 7 o'clock. We've got Colin Munro later on in the hour. We have Robert Wellwood. And then we'll take a little spell as well before kicking off into our final hour where we're going to get to chat to Chris Medlin, Reed Formula One, followed by the Sir John Kerwin. So that's all coming up for you. But now, on the other side of this is our... Favourite little segment, and that's Trudy's World. It's Trudy's World. It's Trudy's World. It's Trudy's World. It's Trudy's World. Welcome to Monday. Today is December the 13th, so that means it is that very cool Yuletide line in the sand 12 days till Christmas. This is the proper kicking date. This is the traditional part. They, mm. Yeah, this. Nice. Traditional. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is the day you're supposed to put your tree up. <laughs> Not five weeks ago like me. <laughs> Sing along. Mm. Trudy, have you done your Christmas shopping? I have. It's all done and wrapped. Yay, done. <laughs> oh, I do wow. tend to shoot my load a bit early, but it just means less stress, right? It's just, it's just how it is. It's just what you do. It helps with stress levels. And it is a stressy time you, of year. Do you wrap... Your Christmas presents in wrapping paper or All newspaper? The same. No, they've got to match. So 
like every newspaper, like no, no, no. It's green and white, oh, okay. and it's always yeah. They all match. Yeah, they all the same. Anyway, it's Terrible also at wrapping uh, a. Yeah, are you? Get the kids. Oh yeah. no, you can't get the kids Mom. to do it because they're too little. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it is a big day in Kiwi history too. Abel Tasman discovered New Zealand this day, 1642. They say he was the first dude, but you know. Uh, and famous mm. birthdays. This one's going to make you feel old, everyone. Taylor Swift today is. You want any, any guesses? Baz, is he? Taylor Swift today is. 27. Ooh, nah. Baz? I was going to say 25. Tay Tay, no, she's not 25. Boys in the kitchen? Uh, 32. Joe, uh, secret Taylor. I was going to say 22 because of the song. I'm feeling 22. Baby. Is she doing a remake? They're 32. feeling 32. All right, yeah, so. Hey, Joe, didn't pick you as a Tay Tay fan? So nice. Well, she's got an album called 1989, so come on, guys. <laughs> Man's got a boy. about Joe that we can't pick. Oh, that's clever. <laughs> Joe, Taylor Swift. Wow. I'm only 33, so I don't feel too old, Trudy. Yeah, fair enough. Isn't she gorgeous, though, Tay Tay? <laughs> she's a talented musician. She's a bit like Nickelback, that guy. Like they both get a bit of grief. They shouldn't. Uh, you a Tay Tay fan, Bez? No. Oh, I mean uh, that's that's more a slight on me than it is on her though, because as as we've already alluded to, I don't really have any uh, musical prowess whatsoever, so I should just appreciate all musicians really. But that's interesting. Thank you very much, Trudy. Trudy's world. There you go. Another edition. Wonderful. Days. <laughs> Twelve days till Christmas. Time to get cracking. Might need to do a little Christmas shopping myself. In the meantime, we're gonna. Crack on from a cafe about now. Here's Trudy with the news for Kubota. Together we're shaping and building New Zealand. Stock up for Christmas at Chemist Warehouse. Find Ralph Lauren Polo Red 75ml for just $79.99. This is Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SCNZ. Good morning. You're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SCNZ. It's Monday the 13th of December and Wow, we got a good hour ahead of us. We're just gonna wait. Craig's asked where I am. I'm here, Craig. I'm here. I'm here. I'm just a little bit slow. It's Monday, the thirteenth of December, and well, I am back. But we got a good hour ahead of us. We got a big weekend of sport to react to. Tarapa didn't disappoint, and it was Cambridge trainers Roger James and Robert Wellwood that had a day to remember. They had three winners, and wow, big Group One win with Captain Cook Stakes to elicit taking that one out and. Getting the treats here, two hundred and twenty thousand dollars stakes. So he'll be up and about. Robert Wellwood will join us about seven forty-ish to chat about that. And then after eight o'clock, well, we're going to talk some Max Verstappen and the F1 because F1 was overnight. Two a.m. the race started, and it was Lewis Hamilton versus Max Verstappen, both on even points, and both chasing a title at the end of it. And Max Verstappen getting the title in the end, his first title. Well done to Max. Anyway, we've got Chris Medlin. He's over in Abu Dhabi, and he's going to join us just after 8 o'clock to talk about that. And there's a bit of a protest at the moment. Mercedes are protesting about that one. Um, some things have gone on during the race, so they are protesting. But well done to Max Verstappen. We're going to talk about that. And then we've got Sir JK. Sir JK is our News S Monday morning health check, and we're going to have a chat to him about, well, this year's been pretty tough on everyone, particularly in, in Auckland, and he's... A big advocate for mental health and struggles, and he's been open with his struggles, so maybe he might be able to help someone out this morning as we have a wee chat to, um, to Sir JK. Looking forward to that.
looking forward to that. But right now, it is time to talk a wee bit more of cricket. And it is 7.05 here on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Let's talk some cricket. Baz and Izzy. We are very lucky this morning to be joined by Colin Munro, fresh off the back of a dominant 114 off 73 rocks for the Perth Scorchers against the Adelaide Strikers. At, uh, over there in the Big Bash, the Strikers, well, they were nowhere near good enough after Munro's blitz. Scorchers setting 196 and bowling the Strikers out for 146 in a reply to earn the Scorchers a Big Bash bonus point. And well, Colin Munro, who's 43 or 43 balls at one stage, and then he spared no one from that point on. He was able to score his last 44 runs off 15 balls in the last four overs, and not even the great Rashid Khan was spared as Munro was able to clear the ropes on, on successive occasions. It's now the highest score, highest individual score by a Perth Scorcher in the Big Bash competition, which has spanned in excess of 12 years. Munro's record in T20 cricket is absolutely outstanding, not just domestically, but also in international T20 cricket. He was an omission from the Black Caps World T20 side and a controversial one at that. At just 34 years of age, there is plenty of kick in the man yet. And with the World Cup and the conditions that he is dominating right now, in just under a year's time, you would have to be a fool to suggest that he is not ready and willing to be available for selection and could be the deciding X factor that New Zealand need to be able to go one step further than their previous tilt at the World T20 title where they were finalists and going down to Australia. He's joining us now all the way from over in Australia and it's great to speak to him. A very uh, very good morning. Well, good afternoon your time as we're recording this prior, but it's good to chat to you, Manus. Oh, cheers, mate. It's uh, good to be on the show. It's been a while since I've actually caught up with you, so it's uh, yeah, really nice. Yeah, it has been a while, actually. Obviously, we uh, we normally share the dressing room over there in the, the Caribbean Premier League with the Trinbago Knight Riders, but this year, unfortunately, I wasn't able to come, but you still managed to go over there and perform in a, uh, in a tournament you've done so well. But we'll get on to that a little bit later. Mate, talk to us about last night. It must have been incredibly special. Uh, I noticed when you reached your 100, you let out an almighty roar and um, and it must have just been completely, uh, you know, it must have been an amazing feeling for you to have been able to achieve what you did last night. Yeah, it was uh, obviously like sort of a tale of two sort of two sides, really, the way I started. But I think even before that, I was a little bit nervous in terms of my preparation coming into the tournament. I hadn't really done a lot because you'd been in lockdown in Auckland and even chatting to Ture. I was like, oh, I missed out first game on a good wicket in Perth playing at a, at a new stadium that I've never played at before with the with the showgrounds and talking to Curtis Patterson who's played there a fair bit said that the wicket can be really good or it could more so I thought I matched up quite well against the uh, um, strikers bowlers and then but then when I found out they had the two leg spinners in the team um, I was like oh nah well at least I'm going to have to make, make hay in the power play but then Frankie Worrell had different ideas and um, bowled really well with the new ball and then through the middle, I just had to sort of try and soak up. But a couple of league buys were sort of always ahead of the game a little bit. Um, and then, yeah, after that, we got to the 10 over mark. I actually said to Adam Voges, like, I'm trying to kick them over. I'm hitting up the chimney. Like, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not far away from getting out. I'm trying because I was nowhere. But then, like, you know, you know, for as a, as a player as well, you one or two shots away and then you just find your groove and, and, your, and your flow and your swing. And then, you know, the rest is history. And a couple... Went my way, obviously, last night. So um, good to have a bit of luck, too. Yeah, well, it was played at the Sydney Showgrounds, which was a ven- neutral venue. Obviously, it was meant to be a home game over there in 
in uh, Perth, but with the WA's strict COVID protocols, the game was taken to net neutral venue. And I guess that must be a really difficult thing to be able to have to adapt to because normally in those sorts of tournaments, you're used to having games at home where you know the conditions so well. So it was, it was the fact that you had to adapt and you had to play a little bit what was in front of you. Um, did you think it helped you in a, in a way to be able to get into innings? Yeah, I think it did actually. Even though it did start real slow and, and the ball did spin around a lot, it just, yeah, it made me just, you know, stick to my game plan and try and bat a little bit longer. I feel, and I've spoken to you in the past about it, batting at, at the top of the order opening. I sometimes go out too hard, and, and that's why I have probably hasn't been as consistent at, as as opening as I have probably been at number three or four in franchise cricket. So, you know, when you're coming in at the three, you've just lost the wicket. You can accumulate a little bit, take an over or two to get in, build a partnership, and then kick on from there. Whereas when I open, sometimes I go into the frame of mind or that mindset that I need to go early. And, you know, 20 overs is a long time to bat. So, you know, often... Put, put my feet up and, and watch 14 or 15 overs of, of cricket when I could still be out there if I could just take my time and have that sort of mindset at number three like I do and as, as an opener and I sort of had that mindset the other night. Yeah, 43 or 43. It's a little bit un-Colin Munro-esque, really. We used to see yeah, it is. 43 balls. You're on about 90 or 100. But it was just the, the nature of the wicket, mate, or was it just... You know, just you're you're in your own game. You're sort of scratching around a little bit just to get underway. Yeah, I think a little bit of um, you know, I might have not been watching the ball as as closely and at the start of my innings. Uh, like I said, I was sort of under the pump, thinking a little bit too much about matchups against their bowlers. Frankie Worrell was bowling really well with the new ball. Wicker was a little bit too paced. They bought Rashid Khan, who got me out twice last year in the big bash and the power play last over the power play here, and sort of played it quite defensively and then uh, I looked up at the scoreboard and I was going I think I was about 15 off 27 and then I was like no I need to get a move on here and then forward came on a bold he had a, um, the ball over me in, in the CPL and I couldn't lay bat on it so I was a bit under pressure there and then I was one or two overs just clicked off Rashid Khan and then sort of you know the last two or three overs really went my way Yeah just talk to us a little bit about that because you, you mentioned both Rashid and Fawad Alam have had um, success against you previously so the mindset knowing yeah. that they are likely to come on and try and attack you uh, do you have to put your ego to a side a little bit or do you go harder what what was your mentality that you took into that game well usually it is put, put the ego aside and, and, and sort of clip them around and, and try and get off strike and um you know if those bowlers are both quality leg spinners if they go for you know 24 to 28 you can try and capitalize on the other bowlers but you know, Frankie was uh, Warrell was bowling well, so I had to take a couple of risks, and I think that just showed me that if you know, if I'm in a positive frame of mind and actually get into a position to hit the ball hard, um, I get myself into a position where I can actually deflect and get off strike if it's a good ball. But then if it's in my zone, I can go through 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 um, through with the shot and and hit it over the rope. So it was a sort of not I wouldn't say a learning curve for this. I've done it before, but just reiterating sometimes that, you know, you still have to have that positive frame of mind, even when you are playing uh, the best bowlers in the world. It's not, you're not really facing the bowler. It's just bringing it back to, it's just a ball coming down at you and you've just got to try and watch it as best you can. Well, you say you've hit a few over the rope before. You, you certainly have. 65 T20 internationals. You've scored uh, average 31.34 at a strike rate, a whopping strike rate of 156. 
those numbers combined are, are quite sensational and put you up there as as one of the very best T20 players that the game's seen. You've got three hundreds in T20 cricket and you've cleared the ropes 107 times. And if we look now at your domestic T20 record, Munners, you're averaging 30 at a strike rate of 142 with five hundreds is quite remarkable. 401 times you've cleared cleared the pickets and put it into the stand and that's over 313 matches. You've just built up a wealth of experience, mate. You've You've, you've found, uh, like, well, I won't say a niche game because your, your first-class record is phenomenal as well, um, but you've found a game which really suits you, being able to adapt to all sorts of conditions. At just 34 years of age, it sort of feels, uh, it, it doesn't quite feel right to just be seeing you playing over there, mate. <laughs> Do you still yeah. talk to us about, about your international situation, your glaring omission from the last World Cup? Have you had any uh, correspondence with New Zealand cricket since then? No, I haven't haven't since then, to be honest. I uh, just got the call to say that I wasn't on the squad and, and a couple of reasons why. Um, and, yeah, just sort of had to live with it. And, you know, I, you know, quite easily could have just gone, yeah, okay, well, that's international cricket done for me. But, you know, I still got that that little bit there to, to say that I, I want to come back and play. And um, if I'm selected for the next World Cup or a couple of series beforehand, um, yeah, I'm, I'm always up for it. But it's... It also sort of has to try and, you know, I sort of laid, like, made my choice that I want to play franchise cricket and, um, you know, just got to live with the decision sometimes. I think it went against me last year coming and playing the Big Bash and, um, yeah, I just think that went against me a little bit, but I'm pretty happy with where I'm at um, with my cricket and, and in life in general. So, yeah, if that if that opportunity comes, comes again, I'll be very happy and pleased, but if it doesn't, like you said, I've I've, I've achieved pretty well in, in the international game and and still got a lot to prove even in, in, in some franchise cricket around the world now for the next couple of years, hopefully. It's fair to say in cricket though, you don't have to you don't choose franchise or international cricket, do you? You can certainly you can do both side by side and and we've seen examples of it. Um, Adam Milne was very successful in the big bash and, and the hundred ball competition and that was probably his the catalyst for his selection back into the Black Caps. So I guess that is there's something that you can hold on to that, that those opportunities are still there if you're able to dominate in that in that big bash competition over there. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's one of the keys, I think, as well. One of the reasons why I came over last year as well, because let's not forget, I think the Aussie World Cup was supposed to be in October this year. Um and then it was supposed to be in India the following year. So you know, I thought I'd timed it quite well, played quite well last year, and then unfortunately they obviously moved the the World Cups as well. So yeah, I just think um, obviously if there's still one eye on that on that World Cup, it's something to strive for and a little bit of um, sort of motivation as well. Good on you, good on you. There's very few in my experiences in having the the pleasure to work with you, mate, and also um, you know as a as a friend, but also as a coach. There's very few players in the world that can do what you can do, and that's take games away from oppositions and in a heartbeat. And you've you've proven it. So, right. so the New Zealand selectors keep an eye out for Munners, okay? Watch the big bash. Keep watching what he's doing over there in the very conditions where the World Cup's going to be, and just make sure that you've got his name penciled on that uh, on that team sheet. Because if you're going to win it, you need players like Colin Munro at the top, mate. Let's um. Let's talk about the family. Let's talk about life as uh, as a cricketer who's maybe slightly detached from the New Zealand game now. All of your your wife and your kids, Tarae, and, and all the kids are great. 
Yeah, they're good, man. They they good. Um, very happy that they've come over for for the big bash and, and staying with me now until uh, middle of January, where they'll go on to, to Brisbane, spend some time with family before heading home. But yeah, very fortunate that that Perth have put them up um, with me. Um, it's really cool, especially with COVID around and there's and a, little, a bit of restrictions. There is a lot of time in your in your hotel room, but you know when you got the kids and and wife here, it's it's really nice just to have a sounding board and talk to and, and keep you quite busy rather than just focusing too much on the cricket side of things. Yeah, I bet. It must be great as well going back to the same franchise. Obviously, you've been at Perth before, so it must be cool going back to the same place rather than trying to have to prove yourself to them all again. Yeah, that's the thing. I said that last night in an interview too. That, uh, I think it was finished. Oh, it's really it's better coming back to uh, a, you know, a familiar, familiar um, environment. I said, absolutely. It, it feels like no, I won't say coming home, but people, I did well. It helps that I did well last year and that you come back, you don't have to try and prove yourself again. Like I've spoken to you even at the start of my CPL career. I was like, oh, it's my first proper franchise tournament. I need to score runs and it's like, you know, putting a bit too much pressure on myself and it doesn't always go to plan. And then when you put those external thoughts and stuff aside and you just focus on watching the ball and doing what I do well, then, you know, nine times out of ten, you come out the right side of, of, of the ledger. So, yeah, coming back to a familiar environment again, um, yeah, it's a lot easier, I think, than going to a new franchise um, every year or every second year. Oh, beautiful, mate. Well, we're going to let you go in just a sec. You've got a couple of games coming up to Christmas as well, so you've got playing against the Hurricanes uh, back-to-back. I guess you're not really sure if that second one's going to be in Perth yet, eh, or has it already been moved? And then Renegades... Uh, I'm not sure, I think... Yeah, we're supposed to play the uh, Hurricanes down in Hobart, I think, on Tuesday. I think it is. We fly down on the day because I think it's a closed game. I think we have to stay in the... Um, after that game, both teams stay in the changing sheds until midnight and then it opens up and they open up their borders and then we're free to go as, as we please. Uh, so, yeah, we're supposed to go on, I think, Monday or tomorrow and then... Uh, train in the afternoon and then play on the Tuesday but now we're flying in the day of the game and then I think that game in Perth I'm not too sure I haven't heard anything I think it's still 50-50 I think if I'm I haven't heard anything yet so yeah we just got to be adaptable and, and, and see what happens really Oh good man two teams locked in a change room until midnight I'm sure you guys will be just fine you'll find a way to pass the time anyway mate we'll uh, we'll let yeah. you go but um, just keep banging them out over there as as I've said to you before, keep knocking the door down. And if they're not knocking, then barge the thing down. Give yourself another opportunity, <laughs> mate. Love watching you play. And yeah. we're, we're stoked to be able to see you doing well over there, mate. So well done. Cheers, mate. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Easy, Colin Munro talking us through his exploits over there. And for the Perth Scorchers, knocking out over 114 off 73 balls. And just reminding the New Zealand selectors that at 34 years of age, he's got plenty of kicking him in and yet. Well, that's what I think anyway. But what do you guys think? Double eight, double three. Let us know on the text line or give us a call as well. 0800 150 811 on the Kennard's High phone line. Is Colin Munro a realistic option to be able to make that, that uh, Black Caps T20 side at the top of the order? Or has his decision to go and play franchise cricket is that what's working against them? We're going to go into it a little bit more. We're going to debrief a little bit more of that Colin Munro chat in just a minute. But we're going to get off for a little break and we'll be back very soon. at 7.20 here in the morning. You're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Big thanks to Kim's Warehouse. Great savings every day. 
25 minutes past 7 here on Monday, the 13th of December, 12 days from Christmas. Give us a call any time on the Kennard's High phone line 0800 150 811 or send us a text double eight double three. We're talking Colin Munro on the back of that interview. Here's a text here from Lyndon. Definitely would love to see Munro on T20 World Cup. Open with Guppy, take pressure off both of them as both big strikers. So one generally going off, or if both, then we have those spare balls. Yep, absolutely agree with that as well. I'm interested in your thoughts. Izzy, you've watched a lot of the Black Caps. you watched a lot of that World Cup mm. as well. Just been, what's what's your initial reaction on the back of that interview with Colin Munro? Well, I loved it. A great interview. Uh, gave me some great insights um, from Colin Munro. And when I think to Colin when he was back playing for the Black Caps, you know, we... You know, Colin, you know, he hit, he hit the ground running. He had a great start to his career, and, and there was a lot of high expectations and, and pressure on him to always go out there and perform. And what I got from that is he spoke about taking his time, taking his time to, to build an innings. And from that innings on the weekend, you spoke about 43 or 43 balls. He had to go through a lot of adversity, dropped twice, 11.58. So his, his ability to take his time, I think, because of what, how he started his international career, he had those expectations off that he had to go out and buff it from the get-go and get off the mark. But what I kind of got an understanding from that is he's figured out what makes his game work, giving himself time so he's not sitting in the changing room watching 16, 17 overs because you've gone out there and made a bad decision. So he's worked his way through that, and he's, I think he's just got a bit more of an understanding. He's growing into a, into a batter that's kind of figured out what makes him work. Uh, he's always had like, – I've got a – what he spoke about, a positive frame of mind when he's out there, always being positive. You know, what's happened in the past, Rashid Khan obviously getting a lot of the wool over him, but he kind of figured it out. No, that's the past, staying in the moment, looking forward. And um, I think if he is, keeps performing like he's performing at the moment, I think there's nothing better than seeing him and Guppy, like Linda's just said, at the top of the order, putting pressure on sides. And um, he's a his guy that we, we need game changers. We need game changers and guys that can change a game in a blink of an eye. And Colin Munro is one of those guys. When you when he clicks, when he, I remember that game when he played down in Queenstown, he was buffing it out of the park everywhere. And he was just so, so good at, at, at it. And, and when he gets his game gone, he is destructible. He is destructible. So for me, if he keeps this up, and whether he's playing in the BBL or, or, or he's playing in New Zealand, whatever, doesn't matter. We need the best players at the time in our team. So if he keeps his form up and he keeps playing like this, then I see, see nothing better than getting him back in the side. And I, I, yeah. I think he should be in there, for sure. Um, yeah. You make a good point about, so he's 43 or 43. I, I think it was, the, the good thing about Colin Munro is like, he doesn't have to just play one way. I think his, his normal way is to be probably mm. 40 off 20, 20 balls. But on that given day, he identified the levels of risk and he identified that he needed to take a little bit more time, and that's what you get with the benefit of experience. He's played 313 T20 games now around the world. He's played 65 T20 games internationally. He's just he's one of those guys who, like his record, I wrote some some notes down before, his, his record is in line. It's actually better than David Warner. David Warner's record is 88 T20 internationals, average 32, strike rate of 140. Munro's. 65, average of 31.5, strike rate of 156. He's got three international hundreds domestically. Then um, Warner's actually played an identical amount of games, 313. He averages 33 at a strike rate of 139. Mm. Munro averages 30 
but his strike rate of 142. He's got 500s. He's at 401 sixes. Like these are numbers which you can't turn down when you're talking about a World Cup in the conditions where he is excelling. Now, I know Daryl mm. Mitchell did quite well in the World Cup, but if we look yep. at Daryl Mitchell's performance in that World Cup, when did he do well? Deep in the innings. So I think Daryl Mitchell's a finisher. He didn't come out there and bang it at the top of the order, keeping in mind it was the most favourable time to bat in those UAE conditions, was at the top. He built into an innings, and he, and he was able to perform at the very back end of the innings. I think Daryl Mitchell can come out and bang it at the back of the in, end of the innings anyway. To me, I want Colin Munro at the top of the order, along with Martin Guptill. They play a lot of domestic cricket together as well, have done. They get on brilliantly. They've got a really good combination and partnership. They complement one another's games as well. And in the conditions they're going to be presented with in Australia, there is enough of an X factor there for them to be able to go down the Munro route. I think the reason they haven't gone the Munro route, or the reason they've left him out, is because he doesn't play, he hasn't signed a domestic contract. So he wants mm. the ability to go over to Australia and earn five times more money than he'd get domestically playing in a, in a short six-week tournament than he would if he was to be on the grind and the slog here. I also think they've dropped him because his one-day record playing for New Zealand was not great. It's a different form of the game. His stats and his performance, he's 34 will, years will of age. New Zealand cricket, will New Zealand cricket do a backflip? That is the question. Will they Will they do what they did to Milne and do a backflip? Well, exactly. There's precedence there is. And if they want to win the World Cup, for me... Plenty more coming up here on Baz and Izzy for breakfast, but give us a call. Let us know your thoughts. Double eight, double three, Kennard Tire phone line, 0800 Some thoughts from Iz and myself there on Colin Munro on the back of that interview. We've got heaps more to come too. We've got Robert Wellwood, Chris Medlin, and Sir John Kerwin. But it is now time for us to get off and see Trudy for the news for Kubota. Together we are shaping and building New Zealand. Baz and Izzy for breakfast. We are 26 minutes away from 8am this morning. Plenty of chat with Chris Medland around the situation unfolding over in the Formula 1 after 8am. Boy, oh boy, it's a nervous wait for Red Bull and Max Verstappen. Just little bits of information being dropped and drip-fed out of that meeting. So we'll hear from more about Chris from Chris Medlin after that. But boys, right now it's time for our Choices Flooring Poll. See your floor change in an instant with Room View. And just before we get back to any more Colin Munro chat, which I'm loving, by the way, it's your last week on air together. It's 12 days to Christmas. Should we just be a bit jolly about it? Christmas-themed Choices mm. Flooring Poll. Let's rip into it. Best thing about Christmas. I've got four options here, and there's plenty of good things about Christmas, no doubt, for all you Christmas lovers, but here is four I've cherry-picked. Boxing Day cricket slash races. Food slash drink. Work Christmas party slash session. Family time. Grimace face. What is the best thing about Christmas? Let me run through those options again. Boxing Day cricket slash races. Food slash drink. Work session party or family time, Grimace Face, text double eight double three, or go to Bazizzy for Breakfast on Twitter and vote in our Choices Flooring Poll. What's your favourite thing about Christmas, Izzy? What what appeals to you there, brother? Oh, um, good option. Good option. I like the family, mate. I like the family, especially um, I've got a big, big family. Got, um, 28 grandkids that all assemble in Hawke's Bay and we get together and we eat lots of food. So family, mate, when the family get together, and this year... 
me, Daisy and the kids and Mandy are going to have Christmas in Christchurch for the first time together as a whole, just us as a little family. So I'd say the family part for me, brother. Nice. But you, Baz? Oh, I kind of like the sound of all of them, to be honest. <laughs> Isn't yeah. that Christmas yeah, in itself? Good. Like you, you just... Like you can just gorge yourself on everything you enjoy doing, you know, like lots of family Christmas time, ham. lots of socialising, just like sort of lie down and watch the Boxing Day cricket or, or watch the Boxing Day races. And I, I just reckon it's just such an amazing time of year because everyone's so happy, everyone's so festive and, and people just love spending time with one another. I, I feel the mood around Christmas is so consistent. The rest of the year, the mood around everyone seems to be inconsistent. <laughs> so I like Christmas for that reason as well. Can I have a, a tick all boxes on the choices flooring pole, or is that all of above? Kind of not really the idea of the pole. <laughs> ah, you uh, last week, you know, let's get a bit loose with it. But double eight, double three, give me a lead. What one are you are you liking? But yeah, no, love that. Appreciate the input. What's, on your, what's on your menu, Bez? What, what's on the what's on the McCallum menu, mate? Ooh. Skipper's menu for Christmas Day. That's always. That's always the big one. You've got to have a Christmas ham, surely. Were well, you a bit of a turkey? Yeah, ham guy. for sure, mate. For sure. Yeah, no, nah, we'll have a Christmas ham. Liz does pretty good Christmas ham, actually, so she'll take care of that. And then I'm hoping that it's hot as hot can be with the weather because mm. the pool is, we've just got our pool cover, so it's, the temperature is banging at the moment. So the kids will be swimming around the pool. We've got the outdoor TV there. I'm hoping that we've got the umbrellas. I'm hoping that it's warm enough and I'll just slice up the barbecue for us, you know, put some nice big fillets on, Ooh. maybe uh, maybe some fillets and some ham and a bit of salads and all that kind of good stuff and eat way too much, drink too much and be jolly. Dessert? Say, is. Dessert? What should the, what should the Christmas oh. Day dessert? Trifle? Why? You like a little good trifle? No. Oh, look, I try to stay away from the desserts, my friend. You know, like uh, I'm, oh. I'm a little bit older than you. You know, just uh, I can't quite afford to just be indulging across all kind of like entree, main, and dessert. I'm gonna have to. Oh, uh, I might go. have to put a little bit in, eh? a little bit of exercise in if I'm gonna have the dessert. Is <laughs> what about you? What's your dessert? Oh, I like the steam pudding. Steam pudding, bit of custard and cream. We always have a nice steam pudding. Or a trifle. My mum used to make the best trifles, so my sister's got the menu for that. She'll probably make one this year, but she's in Hawke's Bay. So I'm wondering if Daisy, Daisy will probably whip up a, a trifle or, she hates pavlova, so we won't be getting that. It'll be trifle or steam pudding, I think. <laughs> Something like that, mate. Yeah. So we're yeah, looking forward to it. Get yeah. a nice hot ham, bit of glaze. Oh, so good. <laughs> Sounds good, and you and looks like Daisy's a good cook too. So I'm sure you'll you'll have a, a wonderful Christmas down there. Anyway, it is uh, seven thirty nine in the morning. Let us know what you guys like on Christmas Day as well. Double eight, double three. What's your favourite thing to do? Favourite food to eat on Christmas? Favourite dessert along with Izzy's trifle? Let us know what your thoughts are. We've got Robert Wellwood coming up in just a moment. We'll be back very soon. Coming up to quarter of an hour away from eight in the morning here on Baz and Izzy for breakfast on Monday the 13th of December. And as Trudy said, it's 12 days from Christmas. Oh, we! I have not even thought about a Christmas present yet, so I better get up and get going and get something. Otherwise, I'll feel the wrath of Liz. But anyway, we've got plenty more to come on the show a little bit later on, including talking about some Formula One. And our expert, Chris, is, well... 
he might not be able to join us, old Chris Medlin, because the Formula One protest is on, and he's going to have to get cracking. So we're going to have to rely on you guys out there, the Formula One experts. We're going to give you a chance later on to come to call in and tell us all about what unfolded in the Formula One overnight between Lewis Hamilton and Max Verstappen. And I don't really know much about Formula One, as he does, but you can call in and let us know exactly what unfolded and the controversy around it. That'll be a little bit later on. But for now, it's an opportunity to talk some racing with the stable that was on fire over the weekend. It was group races and stacks being run at Tarapa and one stable in particular. Well, it will have a pep in its step this morning after getting the full house. Joined now by Concert Hall on the outside. These two good mares go to war in Concert Hall. Concert Hall's got the measure of show of roses from Slave to Love and Victorum. But Concert Hall... Cheaper than divorce, Starry Bill coming out after it. Cheaper than divorce, just in front, and she's got there. Cheaper than divorce, won the Sky City Helmet of Waikato Cup. Two illicit made the lead here at the 150. They're coming after her. Priest of Fear, traveling light in behind them. Two illicit, she's in front in the ridges. Wellington, Captain Cook stakes, and she'll get her group one. That's right, Robert Wellwood, Robert James had and Roger James had an absolute field day with their mares all performing to the best on a massive day. The Captain Cook with two illicit, the Kalai Susu with Concert Hall, and then the Group 3 with cheaper than Divorce Waikato Cup, over 2,400 metres. It must have been a magnificent feeling. I was lucky enough to catch up with Robert afterwards, actually, and we shared a quiet beer, and he was buzzing, and I'm sure he's still buzzing again this morning. Mm. He joins us this morning. Morning, Rob. Yeah, morning, boys. Uh, yeah, certainly still buzzing. It could be sure it's been fine uh, hearing those replays. It's, uh, yeah, still still doesn't seem real. <laughs> Mate, we should have had a, I should have had a microphone with me on Saturday night when we're sitting there at Brent and Cherry Taylor's having a beer and Jamie and Danielle uh, Johnson was there. Obviously, she rode uh, a couple of those those successful horses for you as well and, and you were there and the champagne was flowing. It was uh, it was quite a surreal feeling, wasn't it, mate? Being surrounded by them. Yeah, no, it was super. Um, don't get days that special come along very often. Uh, you know, a lot of the time you head to the races with all sorts of expectations and, and go away disappointed. So um, no, it was nice to have a, a day in the sun and, and have everything go right for once. Mate, let's talk, let's talk about to Alyssa. I know that uh, Izzy's going to want to get in here and talk uh, talk about some of the other horses as well. But to elicit, can you actually believe quite where Danielle was able to get uh, her out of the gates? No, exactly. I mean, that was the big worry. We were very confident down Wellington. We um, were drawn a nice barrier. It's a nice big mile there, and we were pretty confident. But they redrew the barriers. We had drawn the widest um, at Tarapa, and I thought, you know, we're going to be really in trouble, especially on a slow speed. But... Um, yeah, it was a bit of witchcraft. I'm probably the last one to ever give jockeys credit, but um, yeah, credit where credit's due. That was uh, it was a brilliant ride. Hey, mate, Rob, thanks for joining the show. It's great to have you on again, mate. You're an absolute champ. Congratulations! Very successful weekend. The pockets are full, mate. Tell us about the week. Uh, obviously, Wellington being caught off at Trentham. What, what was the plan leading into the week when it was delayed by a week? Um, you know, how do you attack it as a trainer's point of view? And, and you must be so happy with the results. Well, you definitely are. And tell us about Cheaper Than Divorce, because I, I, I steered uh, my dad into Starry Bill, but you must be so happy with uh, Cheaper Than Divorce, the gut and determination that horse showed to, to get over the line. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the Wellington thing 
certainly threw uh, a spinner into the woodworks. Um, as, as we all know, whatever sport you, you're preparing for a grand mm. final day, it's, it's down to the day, down to the minute. You know, you want to have everything spot on. And so, uh, to, so to then be told that it's going to be a week later at a different course and, and, and drawn different barriers, etc., um, with a different jockey too, you know, Vinny was meant to ride down there. So there was a lot thrown up into the air, but um, thankfully she travelled back well. Um, we didn't have to do a lot of work mm. with her. Danielle Gillip the Tuesday, um, and sort of everything fell into place, barring um, barring the barrier. But anyway, that was over and done with. Um, and, and cheap in the divorce, I mean, she was just super. Um, to be honest, I really thought she would have won the County's Cup. Um, she ran third. She's probably just still learning a bit. Um, but mm. yeah, um, yeah. So work was was superb Tuesday too. Um, yeah, it was as good a work you could have ever hoped for from a stayer. So uh, yeah, went into Saturday pretty confident. Well, it was some it was some forty eight hours because twenty four hours before that as well, you were able to get Violetta and also apostrophe up to Tauranga. So over the course of the the forty eight hours, you managed five uh, five successes. But what about the fact that you've gone a group one, a group two, and a group three? You got the full house. Has that ever been done before over a weekend <laughs> or on a race card? I, I don't know that it has. And I think Roger was speaking to Michael Guerin, and, and he sort of thought that it, it had never been done. Um, but yeah, honestly, you probably have to look back into the history books. But uh, yeah, it's uh, obviously pretty rare and pretty special thing to happen for everything to uh, just fall into place like it did. Mate, you couldn't predict anything better. Well done there. Hey, what, what does the future look like? What, what do you got coming up and uh, you know ahead of us that you could probably you know give us a wee lead in? And, and what's the plan for tour listed? And you know you got concert hall as well. We haven't brought up concert hall. Been a great win. So you know, what's the plan plan for the future? Um, this coming weekend we'll have Hypnos head down to the Manor Two Challenge. He's probably one to follow. He galloped this morning. Just with the weather turning tomorrow, we we decided to work him this morning. Um, he's in super order. Um, tour listed and concert hall will both head, box, head to boxing days for the Zabiel Classic. Um, and then uh, Chiefs and the Bulls will, if we run her again, we may put her out, but if we run her again, she'll head New Year's Day for the uh, for the City of Auckland Cup. Nice. Hey, um, hey, Rob, you obviously train in partnership with Roger James as well, and you you managed to get Roger to head down to the Awapuni meeting on Saturday. Does this pretty much mean that, you know, you sit in the pecking order just above Roger these days? Have you, have you mentioned that to him this morning? <laughs> yeah, a few, few people said, oh, I see you sent the two IC down to, uh, to, to Palmy. <laughs> so, uh, no, nah, it was good. Um, Roger had always sort of um, planned to head down there. We had a couple of nights fully sitting there. Um, and... Um, uh, you know, he's going to have a couple of days off prior to this busy time over Christmas, so he'd always planned on that. The way it fell into place, it's uh, yeah, it was nice, nice to um, have a day in the sun, but um, no, I mean, it's just been super. Uh, I've been been working for Roger for um, uh, probably six or six years now. Um, we've been in partnership for, and I've just joined um, as a as a business partner this year. Um, so yeah, I've been really fortunate to um, yeah we get along very well, and I think the partnership works well, and and, and I think the results are showing that. So um, yeah, I mean it's been great to just be under the wing of someone with so much experience. Hey, good man. Well, we're going to let you go, but I'm just looking through the uh, the list of the horses that had so much success for you over the weekend. You got a reliable man, a Tavistock, 
a Jimmy Choo and a couple of Savabels. So there's a couple of Kiwis doing wonderful things with Kiwi horses and also yeah. Kiwi owners. Brent and Cherry Taylor from Trelawney Stud and also Joan and, and Peter Egan as well who have been wonderful supporters of the industry. So it's a great story and, and we're really pleased for you guys that you're able to have your uh, your weekend in the sun, mate. And all the best for what uh, what is coming up. And thanks heaps for joining us on Baz and Izzy for yeah. breakfast. Congrats, yeah, thank Rob. you. I just what I just want to get Izzy's thoughts around the Formula One. I was up this morning before work to watch it. <laughs> nice. what, what do you reckon, Izzy? Well done, Max. <laughs> <laughs> Did who do you want? Who do you want to win? Uh, I just I just wanted to see a race, and that's what's happened. You know, like I, I would have yeah. thought it was crap if they if they'd finished under um, under safety car. So. I think it worked out right, but there's a few few different ideas out there. So. Mm, yeah, good man. All right, thanks, Rob. All You're good. a champion. Well done. All your success in the weekend, mate, and we'll catch up shortly. Okay. Right, we'll be back very soon. That was Robert Wellwood. We'll be back on Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SCNZ. On the cusp of 8 a.m. in the morning here on Monday the 13th of December. We're just 12 days from Christmas. Get shopping, gentlemen. Normally all the ladies have taken care of the shopping. The blokes, well, last minute, cram it in. Get it done late. They're the best presents anyway. Real thoughtful ones. Right at the end. Anyway, we've got plenty more coming up. Sir John Kerwin is going to join us later on for our New Zest Health Check. We had... Colin Munro on earlier. That was Robert Wellwood who joined us just before after their very successful weekend of racing where they got the full house and we've got heaps more to come. Give us a call shortly. We need some experts. Formula One, we don't know what we're talking about. We want to hear from you. 0800 150 811 on the Kennard Tire phone line. But text us as well, double eight double three. It's time for Izzy to track down at McCafe. Tana, Tana dropped one off to me, so thank you very much, Tana. Much appreciated. Here is Trudy with the news for Kubota. Together we are shaping and building New Zealand. Good morning. You're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SCNZ. It's Monday the 13th of December. We're 12 days from Christmas as Trudy's spoken about this morning. Can't wait. It's the best time of the year. Festive season. What a couple of hours we've just had. If you've missed anything, make sure you head over to Baz and Izzy's podcast. On the SNZ app, we had Robert Wellwood on, and he had a great weekend of racing Tarapa, Group 1, Group 2, and a Group 3. The trifecta, how good was that? Him and Roger James had a great weekend for Trelawney Stud, and uh, he spoke about that, the success to elicit winning the big one. The Group 1 Cook Stakes, 220000 bucks up for grabs to be spread, am- spread out amongst the winners. So well done there to... Robert Wellwood. Coming up, we're going to talk some F1 with your F1 expert, Izzy Dag. How good. And then we're going to have <laughs> our New Zealand Monday morning health check within one and only Sir JK, John Kerwin. Well, it's been a tough year, and he's very, very open about his mental health struggles. And, well, this year is like no other, with um, particularly up there in Auckland, and he wants to come on and share some insights and some wisdom on that and maybe potentially help someone out there that is doing it pretty tough. So looking forward to chatting to Sir JK. But anyway, coming up, Trudy's just announced the news that Max Verstappen has won the F1, and it wasn't without its controversy. And I've just been doing a wee bit of a chat. So Mercedes filed two protests. The first protest one surrounds Article 48.8 
of the sporting regu- regulations which says no driver may overtake another car on the track, including the safety car, until he passes the line for the first time after the safety car has returned to the pits. And then the second protest is based on Article 48.12, which says that any cars that have been lapped by the leader will be required to pass the cars on the lead lap and the safety car. So basically, I think in the last lap, the safety car was out, and I think Max Verstappen, Louis, if you can correct me on this, Max Verstappen, was, did he kind of slightly overtake Lewis Hamilton? which he's not able to, and then that's where this protest has all come from, and th- that's what we love this game, the sport, F1 racing, going down to the last race, Max Verstappen, uh, Lewis Hamilton's at one, Max Verstappen's at two, they're equal on the points, and it goes down to the last lap, and that's what Robert Wellwood was talking about, how there was it was there right to the end, but is that kind of like the icing on the cake there? Am I right on the money there, bud? Yeah, you sound like you're bang on the money. Baz would actually be... He'd, Bears watched it. He's seen. Well, he's seen the replay. But to my understanding, you've you've had it nail on the head. You even gave us the article of the rule law we're talking about. I've it just seen. Sharpers. I've just seen live photos here. So Max Verstappen's just come out and he's congratulating. So the teams were told first before anyone, but he's just come out and started shaking hands and sticking his hands in the air. And there's <laughs> photos of it. And I've just seen our man Chris Medlin in the middle of the biggest <laughs> scrum with cameras and photographers <laughs> around. No wonder he can't take a call. He's like in the. Th- of it. So when we track him down and he has told me all he wants to do is gripe mm-hmm. about the English cricketers, so he will be coming on the mm-hmm. show. He really wants to get that off his chest. We'll have to ask him about this experience. It's been manic, Baz. I, I can't quite believe this. Yeah, well, he's going to have probably a month to be able to gripe about the English cricketers, so there's no hurry to get him on for that. But it'd be nice <laughs> to get him on to uh, to be able to digest the, what's happened in this Formula One finale. Very reminiscent of a World Cup final played at Lords not that long ago, to be fair. Full mm. of controversy right at the death and those moments which just grab you, the sport. You know, it, um, it envelops you in those uh, those controversial periods. But, look, I don't know the rules around Formula One. What I saw, it was I don't know, it was kind of it was yeah, like, bears. Verstappen was just going past Hamilton are in, they, that, are they in valid? that safety round. Are they valid? Huh? Are they being valid huh? here or is Mercedes kind of with them acting the way they have, trying to steal the gloss away from Max Verstappen, you know, like is it? Are they valid protests? Like it's not not good sportsmanship if you you're doing it and you've just been beaten fair and square. I think I think there was enough in there from what they were saying. It, it could have gone mm. either way with that five second penalty around overtaking. If that was the case, Lewis Hamilton only lost by two and a half seconds. But oh, I actually thought mm. Lewis Hamilton spoke really well, mate. He was really gracious in defeat as yep. well, right at the end, and we know that they've had. Yep. Verstappen and Hamilton have had a little bit of uh, a tussle, shall we call it, right throughout the season. But there was some quite good sportsmanship towards the end there from from Hamilton. But honestly, I don't know, mate. But what I love is mm. the most is you you pulling out the the rules. How's about that? Hey, sixty minutes, yeah, just, sixty just minutes out. into a Bledisloe game, twenty to go. We're down by twelve. Get the ball to <laughs> Dag. He'll bring us home. How good was that? Hey, oh, is mate, he just delving into a bit of correspondent. <laughs> there's a bit of detail, but I know there's, mate, there's, there'll be a lot Actually, of Formula Kane 1 Williamson? fans at home. Or, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, yeah, it's just occurred to me. Where's Kane? Uh, <laughs> yeah, we should give him a call. As... Yeah, we'll give Kane, Kane a call because he was at the F1 last time we spoke to him. He's a champion. Mate, but we want to hear from you on the Kennard's Hire phone line. 
0800-150-811. Give us a call with your reaction to what's going on in the F1 Abu Dhabi, um, the race right down to the final lap. You know, Hamilton was leading the entire way and then gets beaten in the last lap. So give us a call on the Kennard's High Phone Line. We want to hear from you to chat about the F1 because it's one of the great championships ever, if we ever seen one. Hamilton chasing his eighth title, Verstappen finally getting the you know, monkey off his back and he's he's got one. So um, you can predict it. And that's why everyone was up and about. Robert Well was up and about 2 a.m. start <laughs> and, and getting it done. Well, I wonder if they're both off to um, Verstappen and uh, Hamilton are off to that same yacht that I went to over there and listened to Craig David this evening. That'd be interesting. That would have been a good one to go to anyway. Hey, yeah, uh, we've got some audio from uh, from the final stages of that Abu Dhabi Formula One. Thank you, Louis. The championship can only be won by one, and it's going Dutch in 2021. Max Verstappen, for the first time ever, is champion of the world. F-bombs been throwing out there. How good. Max Verstappen. Okay, Tana? Okay, there you go. Pronunciation king out there in Matamata. We get it, brother. Max Verstappen. Okay? I said it. But well done, eh? Great to hear the reaction there from the team. Max is just up and about. All that's gone in behind the scenes. And look, we spoke about it. 369.5 points each. Heading into the last race. And Max gets there in the end. And there's wasn't without its controversy, and I can't wait to get Chris Medlin on because he's over there riding amongst it and just get a bit more of a lead into what's going on behind the scenes, and he's be right there and thereabouts. And we're probably not going to hear, uh, we're going to we're going to definitely hear more about this going forward because you know they'll be throwing war, war words over. And you spoke about it, Lewis Hamilton, absolute champion. He's uh, very graceful, and I I told you, Baz, you got to watch Drive to Survive because before mm. this, before I watched that, I kind of. Yeah, I didn't know what Lewis Hamilton was, was like, but just seeing his uh, his interview at the end, he's very gracious. He's like that. And, um, you know, he's, there's no surprises. He's chasing his eighth title. So, uh, awesome. Well done to Max and, and the Red Bull team. And that, I'll definitely watch Drive to Survive, mate. I'll take that recommendation, definitely. Because even just seeing, like, listening to that audio, eh? Like, it just, like, if we didn't, if that audio never made it out, like, you don't get, you don't get to see the emotion or hear the emotion um, that that comes with Formula One because I look at Formula One people and I think stiff, you know, like they've got to be because they're, they're precision athletes. Their life is on the line every time they jump in a car, so they must have that sort of real kind of hard nose to them. But the the level of emotion that that come out in Max Verstappen there is is something pretty awesome, eh? And and if that's what Drive mm-hmm. to Survive's like, then I'm all in, mate. Is that what it's sort of like? It kind of goes into 
a lot of that. Yeah, but that stuff. yeah, it's, you get you get a real look into the behind the scenes, like how much money is thrown into the sport. Um, you get a real understanding of people's personalities and and Max Verstappen, I think Verstappen, sorry, <laughs> Pana. Um, you know, you get a real look in. He was a young driver when when this was being filmed, and now you can kind of see with way he's driving, mate. He's so aggressive. He was like borderline illegal aggressiveness. Like some of his overtakes in that race, particularly in Abu Dhabi, were pretty borderline. But no, that's just the way you do, it. and that's what it takes to wins. And we win, and we always talk about it with the cricketers in in the top order at the moment. You know, you need that difference. Someone with a positive attitude, and and you get a real good look into that on Drive to Survive. But not only the big the big races, you get a, a look at a couple of the small races like um, Lawrence Stroll and. Um, you know, Ricardo, Daniel Ricardo, he's an awesome bloke, real cool mm. guy. Uh, he's racing for for McLaren at the moment, and uh, yeah, so we we got a caller on the line. We got a caller, have we? I do have a caller, but as I was just going to say, um, while we're talking about Abu Dhabi, I just triggered in my mind Liam Lawson, and you asked about Chris mm. Med, you asked Chris uh, Medland about Liam Lawson last week. He'll be about to get into the young drivers. Uh, test so that's at Abu Dhabi mm. and I can only assume that they keep the cars there and this is when the young guys get a, a go around and remember when he was speaking to us about the g-force and those the biggest difference is getting your neck ready and like it sounds so simple but the amount of g's going through the body so he will be watching this right there the, the Formula 2 series is wrapped up a young Australian dude actually won that so Liam Lawson didn't win that next year's his big year in Formula 2 imagine being there at Abu Dhabi seeing all this and then going man I've got a chance to get in one of those cars and potentially put myself in this competition as a Kiwi teenager. This must be one of the most surreal moments in his life. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah you're spot on, actually. And yeah, that uh, that moment where you get to see your, your heroes doing it just right before you get the opportunity to go and take it on again. Uh, as you, you mentioned something there that sort of just triggered something in my head as well, that that Verstappen, the way he drives is very similar to what we're talking about with our cricketers and what we love in it and some of our rugby mm. players, the real expressionist mm. type of players, right? And I personally love watching those those types of athletes perform and, and I can handle the days where it doesn't work for them. Um, I, I'd much rather watch and, and support someone like that, like a boxer who's going to throw punches rather than mm. just constantly sort of technically dance around and, and try and land uh, the punches that score the, the points. I'd rather someone who's going for the knockout. Are you the same? Like, yeah. you love that in rugby players, all athletes, really, and, and it seems max. Yeah, I, I like it. Like, because we, we can all be safe. We can all be safe, and safe's fine, but you need someone that's not afraid to push the boundaries, push the limits, and that's what Max Verstappen was able to do, and, and Lewis Hamilton spoke about it. He said that he was doing tactics, and he was doing things that were, were kind of, you know, not kind of surprised him and then he had to try and figure out a way of, of how to counter that because he was kind of getting bullied into doing things that were un-Hamilton like and, and 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 that's the way that Max did so I'm not surprised that he got the results in the end because he he pushed the the boundaries to the limit and look I'm only watched a limited amount of F1 but from the understanding I got that they they just he just bought something different this year and, and that's what is needed when you when you're going on and you want to win something. You can't just do the same old results. You see what see what the ABs at the moment. You keep you have to keep evolving, keep moving forward, and keep bringing a point of difference. And that's what he's done. And now he's world champion of the world, and that's what it's all about. And look forward to to next year when they go to duke it out again. Fortune favors the brave, eh? That's what they say. Let us know what you mm. think. Double eight, double three on the text line. Do you prefer to watch athletes that have a crack, or do you prefer the 
the ones who are a bit more consistent and maybe churn the results out over a period of time. Do you like the glory moments or do you like the uh, those moments where you sit down in your seat and you just feel like you're taken on a ride? You're taken on a magical ride of an athlete at his absolute best and who's prepared to brave brave the and, and take on the look, mm. I guess, defeat and failure in the eye and say, I can still overcome this because I'm going to chase that glory moment. Or do you prefer someone who just gets the job done day in, day out, but maybe doesn't grab you, doesn't really bring you into that moment where you feel part of it? Double eight, double three, let us know what you think. And uh, and we'll be able to hopefully have a chat to you about that as well. We're coming up uh, 8.17 in the morning. We've got plenty more to come. Sir John Curl, and a little bit later on, we might ask Sir JK what sort of athlete he mm. likes to watch. Does he like the boring one? Well, not boring. I won't say boring. That's harsh. Does he like the one who likes to just consistently get the job done? Or does he prefer the rocks and diamonds type of athlete? What do you reckon is? Uh, look, that's a, that's a great question because... My whole career, I was, you know, like, I was on that borderline. Like, but then I had to talk to a guy like uh, Richie McCall. And, look, he wasn't the most talented guy, but he was really inspirational. But he wouldn't do the flashiest things. But he'd do the basics every single time well. So it, is that safe or is that is that pushing the boundaries, <laughs> you know? Like, it's it's one of those things you can either be safe but be inspirational or be mm. out the gate and push the boundaries, and then it all goes pear shaped. So it's I don't know. It's, it's like finding those that that balance to have mm. both. And because he wasn't the most talented, and oh, he was talented obviously, but he wasn't the most flashiest of players. But he said if you do the basics well every single time, those big moments will follow. And um, that's one bit of advice he gave me because my career I was always looking for those big moments, and I defined my game and my career on those big moments. And sometimes they weren't coming. And then I'll be like, why aren't they coming? But then he was like, mate, if you just keep doing the basics well every single time, those big moments will follow. And so, uh, yeah, it's 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 a balancing act. Well, you and I are the same, mate. Shoot for the moon and you might <laughs> even just end up in the stars, eh? That's what they say. But uh, I'd much rather chase those moments as well and those sort of Roy of the Rovers type of moments and... And allow all those all those other fellas around you to do the consistent stuff. Let's all muck in together. You bring your personality. Can't all I'll be bring the same, mine. eh, brother? Oh, it'd be boring if we were, <laughs> wouldn't it? It'd be boring. Yeah. I used to. I don't really watch Formula One, but one driver who I do always remember watching bits of, and that was Ayrton Senna. And I always thought Ayrton Senna was mm. one who was prepared to take risks on in that as well. And I've always enjoyed those types of athletes. Whether that's right or wrong, I don't really know. But that's what. That's what makes me or dra- drags me to a sport. And it sounds like Max Verstappen is one of those types of uh, types of athletes, as is Colin Munro, funnily enough, as is Izzy Dag. And I think Paul Imwati might be as well. He's a bit yeah. of flair too. We're going to get to Paul Imwati mm. in just a sec for our TAB live update. We look forward to talking to him. He will give us all the breakdown on whether the TAB is still alive after the Trelawney fill up or the Roger James and Robert Wellwood fill up in the weekend at Tarapa. But it is coming up 8.20 in the morning here on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Big thanks to Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. 25 minutes past 8 here on Monday the 13th of December, 12 days from Christmas. This is Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SCNZ. Well, we posed a question before the break about do you prefer the Flash Harrys, the ones who make you really sort of feel part of the journey, the ones who chase the Roar of the Rovers moments, or do you prefer the consistent types? 
ones who just plod away and get the job done. Both isn't, I think you need a healthy mix of both. Well, Blair's come in. He <laughs> said, give me a Kane or Richie over a Flash Harry any day of the week. Blair, Kane and Richie are geniuses, mate. Out and out geniuses, okay? You don't just, they don't just arrive. Not everyone can be those people, okay? <laughs> they are geniuses. Guys who just, mm. who are born to do what they're born to do. Once in a generation type of players. What we're talking about is all the other mere mortals, okay? <laughs> the ones who have either great <laughs> moments or the ones who are just happy to, you know, <laughs> drop all their level of risk and just hang in there. That's what we're talking about. But we appreciate your text anyway, Blair. I'm just having a laugh with you, mate. Right, it's time for Paul M. Whitey. It's time for our TAB Live update. Bet live on your favourite sports with the TAB app today. Good morning, Paul M. Whitey. A flash Harry right here on the Boy. phone. How are you, mate? I'm <laughs> <laughs> very good, thanks, boys. Um, I guess you, you could classify me as a battler. That's about it. <laughs> A battler? No, mate. You're flary. You come. You've got songs and you got like good banter mm. and you know you're you're flary. Not not a battler. Yeah, well, I I, I hear um, Izzy, the old voice is battling this morning. To be fair. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm battling poorly, but I turn up. I turn up. I front up. That's what we do down here at Christchurch. Can't <laughs> <laughs> that's good I reckon that's the Hawks paying you, actually. <laughs> that's, sure that's, the bay, yeah. that's the Hawks paying you, bro. The Bay boy. Get the job done. Anyway, Paulie Mwati, how was your weekend, mate? Did you guys fill up at the TAB? Yeah, it wasn't too bad, to be fair. Um, Tarapa, yeah, it was a wee bit tough for punters. Um, outside of, uh, what was it, uh, Cheaper Than Divorce and Too Illicit, outside of those two, there was pretty hard to find a winner for a lot of punters so yeah, it wasn't the worst weekend um but we um we battle on and we keep going your bonus back your bonus back promotion was fantastic thank you very much for that mm. uh, i needed that on a few occasions your 50 dollars bonus back promotion so thank you very much yeah. for that one yeah. oh to be fair uh, a lot of punters got stuck into that uh, tarapa meeting with the bonus back on every single race on saturday um, so if you didn't pick up a winner, um, as you say, uh, finished second, third or fourth, uh, and you, you, you had a bonus bet coming your way. So yeah, we did, we handed out a few of those bonus bets. So spend them wisely. There's, uh, there's plenty of uh, action for you to get stuck into the day anyway. Yeah. What have you got for us today, mate? Uh, we've got an American football bonus back promotion on the Green Bay Packers, Chicago Bears, uh, game later on this afternoon. Uh, of course, this is a big, big NFC uh, North matchup. Uh, the Packers, who sit atop of the NFC North with a, a nine and three record, uh, will almost certainly be uh, appearing in the postseason. Unfortunately for Bears fans, uh, they sit third in that division with a four and eight record. Um, defensively, they've been very, very good, but they just cannot score points. The Bears and these two teams have already met earlier this season with the uh, Packers coming out on top in Chicago. Of course, this game at Lambeau, so it's going to be a tough, tough day uh, for uh, Chicago Bear fans. And we've also got a cricket bonus back promotion on tonight's big bash match between the Brisbane Heat and the Melbourne Renegades. Brisbane Heat still looking for their first victory of the season. In fact, this is a bottom-of-the-table matchup with the Renegades in seventh place and the Heat in last place. 
That's not very nice. You know, you know, I'm a heat. I'm a heat boy. You know, a, a, a ten year heat <laughs> personality. You know, like I, I feel very deeply that they sit at the bottom of the table. Why do you have to bring that up, Paulie? That's not very nice. Well, I think it's about time Chris Lynn actually um, yeah, got got a few runs uh, flowing. So he is the favourite to oh. be the top run scorer for the Brisbane Heat at three seventy five. Oh, I get the feeling he's going to unleash tonight. I love it. I love it. Paulie, I'm with you, mate. Chris Lynn, speaking of flash players, when he's on, he wins games. No Lynn, no win. That is the Brisbane Heat theory right <laughs> at this point in time. So look out for my look out for my bash brother to unload on the Renegades tonight. Thank you very much, Paulie Mwati from the TAB. Here's Paulie. Of course, TAB promotions in play. Hundreds of sports markets to choose from. Visit tab.co.nz. Please gamble responsibly r18 we are coming up 8 30 in the morning which means that we are off to see trudy with the news for Kubota. together we are shaping and building new zealand As it is here for breakfast, we are 27 minutes away from 9am on your Monday. The year is winding down. Christmas is beckoning. Uh, Mad Max Verstappen is on an absolute heater right now, wherever he is. Craig David getting into the back half of his set. Now he's just opening up, getting limbered up, getting the vocal cords warm. Abu Dhabi, what a place it would be right now. He's just won the Formula One Drivers' Championship. In um, pretty bizarre circumstances, all I can say is... This episode, you thought last week's episode of Drive to Survive was going to be maybe the GOAT. Well, this week's episode of Drive to Survive, when it comes out, whenever it's produced, is going to be compelling viewing. Um, They've just done so well marketing a sport that was already huge by putting it to America and the rest of the world by using Netflix. It's an incredible story of uh, marketing and modern media, to be honest, as well as the actual progression and innovation of the cars they drive what they've done with a sport and communication and, and kind of a way of taking it to a new audience is it's very very special so congratulations to everyone involved with that sport and fans of it today will be absolutely buzzing boys uh anyway that's just my two cents on the formula one on the choices flooring pole now this is interesting the choices flooring room view program takes all the guesswork out of choosing your flooring upload your favorite floor today and i've asked you to have your choice on double eight double three and uh, the bears and izzy for breakfast twitter page now the question was what's your favorite thing about christmas and you guys were yeah just lovely bears said you love everything the spirit of it the mood the the whole vibe, Izzy, you said family time. The options were Boxing Day cricket racing, food and drink, family time, and work Christmas party session sends parties. I'll give you the I'll give you the um, the way it's come in in correct order. Boxing Day cricket and racing is sixty three percent of the vote. So lots of sports and racing fans out there that pretty much just want to survive Christmas so they can get to the good part. That would be me, and I'm you know I'll say that I'll admit that. Food and drink is sixteen. Uh, percent of the vote. Family time was second with 20% of the vote. The work Christmas party session send party has got not a single vote. <laughs> no, not mm. a single person. The work Christmas party is their favourite thing about Christmas and I reckon if we can have a toenail of what Max Verstappen is going to go through tonight that'll change this Friday when we have a little get together to send our year off. Hmm. It's interesting. That, that interests me. 
that interests me. If you don't like your work well, colleagues and you don't like working, yeah. get another job, mate. <laughs> don't be so safe. Go and get another job, one you actually enjoy. Eh? Don't be so boring. You get one life. Go and make the most of it. What do you reckon is? No, nah, yeah, that's interesting, eh? Like, not not everyone gets on with everyone, and I guess when, when the drinks get flowing, it's, you know, your real emotions come out, your real feelings and thoughts come out, so there's probably a few little cat fights, and, ah, I don't know, not us, mate, we've got a good team. We've got a good team in Auckland and, and the Matamata there, so we're looking forward to Friday when we have a nice long lunch, and I'm not going to claim it. I'm gonna claim I'm gonna go halves with you, mate, because I went think twice, and then Louis went away, and I changed my mind and went Wolverine, so I can't claim it. So I think we'll just um, do what's right, brother, and we'll we'll go together and prego. What do I got to prego? Thanks, Hachi. Did you see Joe? Just I almost saw Joe jump out of his seat there when we talked about pain. He was like, he clenched his fist. He was like, you. I'm going to get a free meal oh. here. How good? There you go, oysters. Although last time we had a free meal, I remember Sam when she was over with us, one of our bosses, and she yeah. bought us that breakfast. Remember, we all went out for breakfast. And remember what yeah. Joe ordered? He was like, he didn't want to what order anything too flashy. Bagel. Yeah, because he didn't want to like order anything off the menu because he didn't oh. want to upset anyone. It was, it was a Mate, if anyone thing. needs a feed, it's Joe. <laughs> Wait, what? Was there a breakfast? What? Wait, what? <laughs> oh, no, well, you were oh, still yeah, having to do the news work. for Smitty. Oh, and okay. Work. okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, you work way longer hours than us, Trudy. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, but we'll make up for it. It's okay. But So, Joe, uh, you'll you'll have a good time, mate. What are you going to, are you going to have a little drink? Mm. Do you drink, what do you drink, champagne? I drink anything, I eat anything, it's all on you guys, I can't wait. I'm so excited, yeah, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> Kez, fizzing for it? Yo, mate, I was going to say, yeah, I feel like family time for the poll, it ties into everything, you know, because I feel like we've built a little family here, so it's family time on Friday, mm. so it'll be a great lunch, looking forward to it. Yeah. Thanks, uh, Baznazi, for the shout. Yeah, cheers, boys. So nice. when, you, when you're ordering, What's the just when you're ordering, make, make, sure you look, make sure you look on the right-hand side, usually there's... um. Cost price because um, there is a budget. Spark, so a budget sparkling budget. water yeah. all afternoon. Water. Choose the option that says POA. Mate, you got plenty <laughs> from Wolverine. You, you're the only one that had a winner all weekend. <laughs> oh. Yeah, but that was the first leg of three. I had that into Starry Bill and then Aegon. And wow, I have to apologize to my dad because he was going to go to Listen, he had a multi, he had Scribe into. Um, Cheaper than a divorce, and then into oh, what was the other one? What was the other one? I texted the group. I can't uh, remember. But he, into something else, and then he yeah to Alyssa, and then he had his fourth leg, and he was gonna go. No, he was gonna go to Alyssa, but I talked him into Aegon when I said Aegon was homesick and Aegon's come home and it's in the paddock. <laughs> so I talked Dad into Dad into Aegon, and he lost uh, plenty. I think his multi was paying 123 bucks, and he had two bucks on it, so he's going to win 260. So he was, he was pretty disappointed. So apologies, Dad, for Aegon, but don't give up on Aegon. We don't give up on Aegon, Baz. What do you reckon? <laughs> no, it was not a bad run, actually. I thought it was. Yeah, mate, don't give up on Aegon. Okay, he didn't get the didn't okay. get the chocolates this weekend, but don't give up on Aegon. Yeah, that's good advice. And don't give up 
on a tissue as well. Right, it is 21 minutes away from from nine. <laughs> We've got coming up very soon. Sir John Kerwin in our New Zest Health Check. Looking forward to that. Looking forward to a couple of great um, what wingers slash fullback as well. Just duking it out, having a good catch up, and I'll sit on the sidelines and listen to a couple of good personalities talk. Looking forward to that very soon here on Baz and Izzy for yeah, good morning. You're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SCNZ. It's 8.45 here on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. We're just going to do our Monday News Health check-up and check-in with uh, Sir JK, Sir John and He's been up and about watching his son play a bit of football, but we really appreciate his time on here for Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Recharging after a big weekend, it's time for our Monday morning health check with News Zest on Monday. I actually got my New Zest uh, box the other week, uh, Bears, so I'm going to go in and get some goodness into me. They are powering the next generation of New Zealand athletes and one man who has done some very important work off the field, in particular around mental health, is Sir JK, Sir John Kerwin, of course, one of our absolute greatest outside backs and now an excellent, excellent analysis of a game. Sir JK has been immense in promoting the conversation around mental health and he's with us this morning. Good morning, JK. How are you, brother? Talking about health, mate. How's that hoof of yours? <laughs> oh, yeah, the hoof, the hoof. Actually, the hoof is a little bit sore. I've still got the two screws in there, and um, I had my Christmas party on Saturday, so that's why the voice is a bit gone, a bit lost. So I'm going to go get my New Zest screens into me after this, brother. But, no, things are good here. How's things down your end, mate? How are you doing? Yeah, I'm pretty good, actually, mate. I think it's been an interesting year. I get that uh, good green stuff into me every day. It's part of my uh, yeah. routine. You know, I'm pretty big on on mental health routines. That one of the um, physical things I do every morning. I've got a trainer called Sean Hughes who actually started during lockdown. Ooh, yeah, you know, um, I used to go and meet up with him and have a workout, but he started beaming in. So I um, I have a workout from eight to eight thirty every morning, and then whack some of that good green stuff in, which means I've got all my veggies in me, mate. Thank you. But, uh, yeah, look, it's been, um, everyone's just really, really tired, as you know. Everyone's sort of had a really big year, especially up here in Auckland. So there's been a lot of um, real tiredness and burnout around just because of the effort to sort of mentally fight COVID and, you know, to keep families apart. And so it's been a really, really interesting year. Last week, I, I sort of, um, you know, I met up with about 1,700 people online and you know there is quite a lot of anxiety out there so it's just really important people look after themselves especially over this christmas break you know disconnect from from um not from you guys obviously because you'd be a staple thing that would be good for your mental health in the morning but you know maybe turn off the Mm -hmm. phones a bit and just really disconnect and try and recharge those batteries it's just delve into it i know you're up in auckland now and and a lot of people you know, have been doing it pretty tough. It's been a, a very challenging and, you know, disjointed year with not knowing what's going on, not what's happening, and particularly in Auckland. Have you have, have you seen a lot of people uh, struggling and have they reached out to you and, and, and have you been able to to pass on some advice? And if you had any advice that you'd be able to pass on from your previous um, challenges that you've got through, what what would those be, bud? Yeah, look, mate, I think, um, you know, the, what I'm... What I'm hearing back is, you know, people have, have been frustrated, people have been angry, people have been tired, you know, people have um, eaten too much, uh, drunk too much, um, 
you know, been worried about finances, been worried about, um, you know, been worrying about what's going to happen in the future, being separated from family, and that's just me, <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, yeah. But I, I think what I talk about is, I talk about a AAA battery. Is it? I talk about, you know, when you see those ads on TV with that little battery guy who's running around, he's got all this energy, and then all of a sudden, mm. ugh, he runs out of energy. That's that's sort of how yeah. people are feeling. But what I talk about with with your AAA is, you know, it's really really important. Um, and this is the same with mental health. It's, you know, it's really really important to be, you know, have awareness around why you're feeling yeah. like that. And a lot of it will be COVID. Right, it'll be COVID related or you know, whatever that is. So once you're aware, so that's your first aid, be aware of what's going on. And then the second thing is acknowledge it. Right? And yeah. I, I always say this, we're not our emotions, we're actually our values and your emotions will pass, right? So that's really, really important and in the you know, in particular in this time, that's really important to do. So be aware, then acknowledge it, and then the third A to get some energy back is action and you know as he we've grown up with you know it must be pretty hard with you with your hoof as well we've we've grown up um with you know sort of sport or outlet you know so so we'd go for a run or we'd do something physical sometimes you can't that gets taken away from you so what i say about the action is make sure you double up on the things that make you feel good it might be you know, reading a book or it might be going for a walk or whatever ever that is. But I think the most important thing is the three A's. A lot of us are aware sometimes, but we won't acknowledge it. And sometimes we're aware and we acknowledge it, but then we won't action it, right? And I think if we can do those triple A's over the, over the summer and get some of that energy back in our battery, then we'll be able to face the next year um, as well. Because last year what happened after we all went through these sort of turbulent times is Everyone thought it was going to finish at New Year. Oh, we're through the year, you know, it's going to be over and we're going to, you know, going to have to go back to normal. But I think it's just really, really important to, to live for the moment, you know, and really, really replenish those batteries over the summer. Hey, JK, it's Baz here, mate. Thanks heaps for those insights. It's um, it's fascinating to, to listen to, actually, and, and some pretty sage advice. Hey, mate, we were just having a conversation just um, prior, and I'd love to get your thoughts on it around um, athletes and which ones you, you prefer to watch. And I'm trying to just sort of bring it together. Would you rather go for the more of the surgeon type of athlete or would you rather go, you know, the consistent type who get the job done and maybe churn the results out? Would you rather go for the box office type of athlete, you know, the Palais, the Maradonas, the Viv Richards, the Jonah Lomus? What, what sort of athlete do you would you prefer to watch? Yeah, boys, I love Showtime, eh? You know? <laughs> I, I just think that, you know, mate, I, as you know what it's like, mate, you know, especially in your sport, you know, it must, <laughs> must be really hard. You score a hundy, but the team loses. But for me, the guy who scores the hundy, you know, I mean, and same with Izzy, you know, he was, he was, he was like me as an outside back, mate. I mean, loved, loved a, a pot of gel, you know. Loved the, loved the big move, so, uh, I've, I've always tended to, to do that, I mean, I've got heaps of respect for the, you know, the, the guy that's grinding it out that wins you the ball, mm. you know, you know. But I don't really follow them. I just love the big show. I love someone, <laughs> yeah. In action, you know, in a, in a game of footy, she's mill all, and he's been playing like a dog, 
when he gets it in the back of the net and becomes a hero. You know, he doesn't deserve it. The guy that's been running up and down the field, you know, the guy that's tackled 50 guys and gets the turnover, but you score the try. No one gives a shit about him, mate. They just love all the other guys. With the gel. Yeah, there we go. Yes. Oi, if you know JK, if you know Sir JK, he is the fashionist of all fashioners, mate. He wears the most <laughs> unreal kit to every single setup. Doc Martin original <laughs> shoes from the Sir JK, mate. Hey, thanks so much, JK. We're going to let you go. We're just going to shoot off to a wee. Thanks, JK. Before we go to our next show. But thank you so, so much for joining us, brother. We really appreciate you. And uh, you're doing some great things in the mental health area as well. And it's, it's something that we're, we're pretty um, passionate about on the show. So thanks very much, brother. Look after yourself, boys. Legend. Yes, there you go. New zest, a new approach to feeling great. Not just a boost for today, but nutrition for life. And we've got an ultimate health pack for summer to give away thanks to New Zest. Just text New Zest in your name right now to 8833. We'll be back shortly.